Hey, what's up, everybody? Another week, another show. What's going on is the Live Life Aggressively show with yours truly, Sincere Hogan, and my partner, Mike Mahler. What's up, brother? Hey, everybody. Hey, Sincere. How you doing? We've got an awesome guest this week. We have Ashley Borden, who's a fantastic trainer. She's got a killer website, ashleyborden.com. And usually when I tell trainers and people come to me for fitness advice, I always say don't make your website a glorified business card because people are going to come look once, and they're never going to come back. So, I mean, Ashley obviously has a lot of good media info on there, so you can find out about her background, but she has a ton of content, lots of videos, lots clips, of content. things like that, good nutrition info. So you've, you've done – it's not – you know, when you look at people that are successful, it's, there's always clues to why they're successful. And it's obvious why you're successful, Ashley, and that's one of the things we wanted to talk to you about because so many trainers just don't make it in the business. They come in with good intentions. They come in enthusiastic. A couple of years later, they're at Home Depot, and yeah. they're, they're going, yeah, I tried, because we talk about that all the time on the show, that we tried yeah. it out. It didn't work out for me, and you've been doing this for a while, so I'm curious how many people you have seen that maybe were successful for a little bit, then they lost their thunder or just were never successful at all, and how you managed to just stay on course and do a very good well, job. Well, thank you. What a nice introduction. Um, well, you know, I think, I think a big part, first of all, with each person, your definition of success is different, right? I mean, some Definitely. people have actually right. no, you know, their definition of success is they just want to work in the gym, you know, they want to do 10, 12 people a day and then go home. You know, it's right. like that's, and they, they, that's, so whatever your definition of success is, I mean, I think as a trainer it's that you sustain your uh, you know, your, your, your livelihood as a trainer, you're not supplementing it with something else. Right. Um, but, you know, I, there's so many factors that go into being a successful trainer. So to me, if we're talking about success, it means that you're, you know, able to sustain a business, you have ongoing clients, you don't have a second job, it's your, it's your main um, income and it's right. how you make your living. Um, you know, well, in L.A., I mean, my, my experience, I can tell you, is from being in L.A. And there's so, I mean, it's, Funny, I just I just got another email. I get a lot of emails from trainers all around the world, which is such a compliment and so nice. But when I get the, the emails from trainers that say, "Hi, you know, I I I want to become a trainer, but I really just want to train celebrities. So I want to know how do I train <laughs> yep. celebrities?" Right. And then my answer to them is, "Thank you so much for your email. My number one suggestion would be for you to find another job, <laughs> because if you're getting into this business to just train celebrities, you are there's." So many things wrong with that statement yeah. and so many things wrong just in general with that. So, I think one of the biggest problems with that statement is the fact that people don't realize that everyday people are your bread and butter. You know, those, you. You know those yeah. are the people. This celeb, my, I don't have anywhere near as much experience with celebrities as you do. But when I, when, I, when I was in L.A. and I tried to work with different MMA fighters and so forth mm-hmm. and introduce kettlebell training, if they were successful, they wanted you to train them for free. And if right. they were up and if they were up and coming, they You're didn't broke. have anybody to pay. Well, that, you, know? But you know what? Though, but you know what's weird, Mike? Though that's and no, and, and maybe it's changed. And I'm not saying this is a blanket statement to all right. MMA fighters. So please sure. don't anyone get mad at me and send me. But but for me, also working in that environment for a period of time, that was a big thing. I was like, wait, wait, hold on a minute. Where where is this coming from? That none of these trainers are being compensated. I don't even understand. Right. And I also do understand that the fighters make hardly any money, also, which is a crime because of how much right. money you know, people around them and sponsors are making. So, you know, I mean, I, I, that, I that I see as well. I mean, thank God, uh, you know, the, my demographic of people 
obviously, well, not thank God, you have to pay me or we can't train because it's how I make my income. But, you know, I think, I think a big part of it, first of all, if you want to be a trainer, the first thing you have to do is you have to like people. And I know it seems such an obvious thing, but if you really don't like people and you don't like strangers and you don't like meeting people and you don't like, then you're going to hate training. Because right. yeah, I, exactly. I, when I hear some people say to me, oh, my God, I love working out. I'm going to be a trainer because I love <laughs> to work out. And I'm, uh. my answer is, that's great, but that has nothing to do with you training people. Because, <laughs> right. by the way, you're not working out. I mean, at least yeah. in my book, I do not train with my clients. No. Um, you know, I want you obsessed with my form. I want you to never take an eye off of me. I want you to, you know, be all up in my grill for an hour while I'm training. If I was, you know, when I pay for my, I have a coach that I work with. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's a super important factor. Is if your trainer is working out with you, um, to me personally. That's your workout that partner. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, right. I mean, unless you guys are, it's like an off day and you want to train together and there's no instruction going on. But um, so, I mean, to answer some of your questions, I think, A, you have to, I mean, I love what I do. I love teaching. And that's the other thing. You have to want to be a teacher. If you have no desire to continually learn and continually educate yourself and remove your friggin' ego, I mean, I, some of the best stuff I've ever learned in my life are from other trainers that I pay to train with because for me, hands-on is the best way that I like to learn. And, you know, when I meet other trainers that are super angry, I mean, we have like a guy at my work who, which I love this, like on Facebook, he calls out everybody at the gym, right, on Facebook. But then at work, you know, he says nothing and he's, you know, completely passive-aggressive and ripping on everybody. <laughs> oh, that, and, that's, the, that's the internet that generation right there. It's, you know what's <laughs> amazing is how many, and I'm sure you've experienced this, but the, the disparity between someone's Facebook personality and their in-person personality. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We're, we're I mean, call, I, I call those you the can't believe the same person. Yeah. Like, who yeah, it's the citizens of troll nation. That's what that is, man. They just sit there. They're the keyboard warriors. You know, oh, they're the yeah. trolls. But then when you Your meet brain. them, like, hey, hey, Mike, hey, sincere, nice to meet you guys. I'm like, really? No, but you were, you, you know, you were the the biggest prick, you know, when exactly. you're on Facebook all of a sudden. It's like, come on, dude. Or it's like if you can't if you can't say it, you know, or, or questions. Like the, the cool thing is, you know, I think also working in an environment of people that you have other people around you that inspire you to also be a better trainer. Um, you know, at, at my right. where I train, we, I have a, there's a very small handful of excellent <laughs> trainers. I'd say maybe you know three, and the rest of them are people just, or I just work with. But, um, you know, I, I, I like working around other people that I feel inspired by, that I learn from, that, you know, I train with a lot of us. We all, a lot of us train together on some days. And, um, you know, so it's a really, that to me is a very positive environment, and I, and I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also with getting back to, like, how do you maintain your business? I mean, I think the, the second most important thing is, is that it is a business. I mean, if you cannot, you know, if you want to work for yourself versus, let's say, working at Crunch, right, or Equinox, which for some people who are starting, depending on your personality, that might be a better fit for you. If you are not self-generating, let's just use that word. If you are yeah. not a self-generating person, you need to work for somebody else, which, right. by the way, is not a bad thing. It has to really do with like, your personality. No, you're so, absolutely correct. Yeah, you're absolutely you know, right. I always tell people that too. I go, some people are just not meant to be entrepreneurs. They don't want to, no. it's just too stressful for them. Every day they're thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make that happen? And they're yeah. better off being nine to fivers. And then there's people exactly. that could never be like me. I could never See, be a never. nine to fiver again. I, I, I no. like, I like the stress of trying to make things yeah. happen. I like well, putting a lot of in the rest. Exactly. You know, if, exactly. If I'm, 
if I'm doing it for myself, I don't care because it's it's my it's my work. Right. You know, but I mean, the um, you know, the self generate. You know, there's a book a book that actually helped me tremendously. Well, helped my brand tremendously with my business. Um, that I always recommend to other people who are running their own business, and it's called um, Strength Finder 2.0. And okay. Strength okay. Finder 2.0 is um, uh, it's a second book. I think the first one was on that New York Times bestseller. But what it does, it's, it's very similar to the Briggs Myers test that you take, or Myers uh, Briggs Myers or Myers Briggs in, in college that helps you d- determine your personality type and what you excel in. And I think, I think one of the, the biggest downfalls that people do running their own business or, tra- you know, trainers or whatever is, you know, if you're trying to expand your brand and trying to be a bigger business, you, you, you have to know what your weaknesses and your strengths are. So for me, my, whatever my weaknesses are, I farm out to other people, you know. So I'm not sitting down with a, you know, which I used to think, well, I should hire a computer coach and I need him to sit and explain to me how to actually produce an Excel spreadsheet. And, you know, that's just not the best use of my time. You know, I could be doing many other things to move my business forward. Um, and, you know, you have to think outside of the box. So when you know what your strengths are, so that book gives you your five strengths. And then when you really know what your strengths are, because you take a quiz online, it's super fast, so helpful. It, it really helps you to also understand who you are um, within your business. And, you know, I like to work with other people around me. When I was running these retreats, I used to run these retreats, these luxury retreats for many years that I also um, created uh, on my own. And, but, but really quickly, the reason why I created them, and this is like just, again, goes to like the whole thing of when you have your own business, I had been at that point, training uh, Christina Aguilera. I trained her for about four years, and she was an enormous part of my income. And then when I quit um, uh, after that period of time and I quit training with her, I was like, okay, I need to figure out something that's also going to supplement that big part of my income, um, you know, giving me like a bigger chunk at a time. And that's when I was like, you know what, I do these retreats and it seems so, you know, I don't know how to write a business plan. And so I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to write out what I know. I have great press. I approached the Four Seasons with my concept. They said no. Um, they didn't understand it. And then they actually called me back about four months later and said, you know what, we're actually reviewing this stuff. We would like to talk to you again about it. And I went to Mexico and met with them at the Four Seasons and started doing these retreats with them. Um, and then I did them at you know, four other luxury hotels. And, and after all that time, I realized I love helping people and doing these retreats, but I could not handle being by myself doing them because it was so much work. And, you know, I excel having somebody else there with me to, you know, it, just, it, it, it was just after it only took me five years to realize that I was like, you know, because I would lead these retreats loving them, but I was so tapped out because right. I just didn't realize how much energy. Oh, I, I can, I can relate to that so well. Because I, I've promoted oh. big events before where I did everything from write the ad copy, book yeah. the venue, get everyone registered, make sure their lunch lunches yes. are taken care of, make sure the other trainers are paid. And I taught at these events too. Oh. And afterwards, you would just be wiped out for a long yeah. time. And it just totally. got, it was, it was too many things. 
So yeah, I stopped doing them for a while. Because, I mean, I, I, the mistake I made is I stopped doing them because I was taking on too many roles. But a better solution, obviously, would be to delegate some of that responsibility. Exactly. You, know, exactly. so you can focus on what you want to do, which is teaching and other fun stuff. Exactly, and what, and what you're really what you're really good at. I mean, now you know, and just getting into like the, you know, there's the business side of things of why your business lasts, right? There's you know your continued education about why your business lasts, and then there's um, you know, then there's getting into this, your actual practice as a trainer, right? I mean, in my gym where I am, I, you know, I have my own system of how I go about things with my clients. Like I'm, you know, I mean, little things. Like I always have a towel for them. I always put the towel down for them on every piece of equipment. I've done that forever. It's a habit. It's to me, it's just like, I don't know when you're, when you charge, you know, at the, at the level, whatever you want to call it, just that kind of customer service, to me, it might be little, but that means a lot. You know, I always make yeah. sure they have their water. I, you know, I'm, um, they're, you know, conscious of, you know, maybe when they're rolling out in the beginning, we might catch up really quickly, but it's really about them. You know, I don't talk about myself incessantly, and right. that's a big thing. I think my favorite <laughs> that on Twitter, you know, on, on Twitter when people are like, when I'm overhearing these trainers talking about their freaking auditions and how their <laughs> clients are, you know, deadlifting, and it just—if it were me, I'd be like, "Listen, dude, I want—I don't care. I want you to pretend like you do nothing else but just train me, and that you love what you do, and that you just want to work with me. I don't want to hear about your other career that you would rather be doing. Why I'm paying you money <laughs> to work with me, you know?" Yeah. No, isn't that so funny how many crazy. trainers how many trainers unload on their clients? Yeah. And that to me is that to me is amazing. I can't believe anyone tolerates that. But it's like bizarre. Oh, I've, I've had people land. come to me and go, Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you're not like so and so. I go, What do you mean? They go, Well, every time I would go work with this person, he would tell me about his personal life problems or this problem or that problem. I go, Your trainer is doing this? I go, Were you guys friends before you started working out? And he's like, No, no. This is no. just what they did yeah. every time. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's almost like bizarre, land because it's the other way around. Usually the clients are unloading on the trainers. And, right. You right. Know, we've, become the, right. we've become the psychotherapist, but it's crazy that totally. now it's the other way around. What the hell, man? <laughs> I, no, no kidding. And I, and I think that there's also, you know, there's you establishing boundaries. I mean, I'm very, very friendly with my clients, but I, and this is my own, this is my own personal thing. I don't really hang out with my clients. I don't. Um, you know, like I had a, a, a couple that I worked with for a long time uh, that were in homes, and they uh, were two women, and they wanted me to go to Vegas with them to, you know, go to Vegas, right, to go see Rihanna or something. And yeah. as nice as that invitation was, I don't, you know, they don't need, first of all, they don't need, they, they don't, they have enough friends. They don't need me to be there unless I was working. And the other thing is, like, I didn't want, I don't want them to have me in that environment where they're wasted, they're partying, <laughs> I'm their trainer, I'm there watching. You know what I mean? It's just like... No, I was going to say, an invite to Vegas, that's always a bad idea anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. You know, and, a couple you know, of clients invite you to go party in Vegas, like, nah, I think I'll skip that one. Yeah, and you, and you, have, to, you have to evaluate, you know, like, you have to evaluate each, each situation with your client. Like, what was more important to me at that time with them was them as my clients. They were, you know very, very, they were very important clients to me. And it was, you know, she had already lost 45 pounds. And it was very important in my book that I stayed as her motivating factor of fitness and health, not as her party girlfriend that was going to Vegas with her watching her, you know, get wasted. 
Right. So, and, and please, you can go do what you want, but I don't need to be there. It's just, you know what I mean? Like that role is not, I just, I didn't, I, I said, thank you, but no, thank you. So I yeah. think boundaries yeah. is a, is an important, uh, important thing. And then this is a very silly thing about business that I hear constantly still every day from editors and um, other trainers and, and people who are looking to book appointments. Nobody can believe how quickly I get back to them. I mean, every email I get is from an editor or a new client. It's like, wow, thank you for responding to me so quickly. Yeah, that is, that is funny to see that. I've, I've had that happen. I'm like, um, okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. But then you start thinking about it, like, okay, these are people who are reaching out to you for, like, yes. for media, for media and press. What this is going to do is really help build your brand. Why would someone take forever to get back to these folks? I can, see if, I can see if it's just a pesky person who just sees you on Facebook and, you know, they're yes. constantly asking for free yes, stuff, yes, free yes, advice, yes, free yes, this, this, yes. I understand that, getting back to them when, yes. you, you know, when you feel like you have the time. But when it's the media, when they're already starving for good stuff anyway and they're reaching out to you because, trust me, there are a gazillion of us in this industry. So they could have reached out to all of them, but they, they reached out right. to you. So what's well, taking yes. you so – why would you take so long to respond? Who the hell are you to take your time responding back to them? You well, know? and I'll tell you who you are. You're no longer somebody they're going to call because, <laughs> exactly. the, you know, the, 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 the industry, especially with editors, is so quick. And the turnover and you're being available – and that's the thing. Like, if you don't want to do that and you're not – like, you know, my coach that I work with has no interest in – no interest in doing media. He has no interest in television. All he wants to do is train and then go home at night, he said, which is great. You know, he's totally yeah. packed and full. Right. He's happy he's doing that. Um, you know, but the, the thing with editors – and you were saying there's a million people in our industry, but you know what? If you really look at almost, you know, all the top fitness magazines – I could tell you the top 10 people who are always quoted and are go-to people because they've oh, yeah. established themselves as responsible, good content, they're, they're current, you know, that's the other thing. Like, if you are still, you know, doing the same training regimen that you did from 1983, you know, you have got <laughs> to update yourself because, you know, I, there's, there's been, you know, if you don't know what a TRX is, then you need to really update yourself with what's happening in the world, you know. <laughs> but those are, all, those are all important things also. And I think just, you know, being, um, you know, being yourself. I mean, I'm, I am myself with everybody. I'm the same personality. It's not like my personality and my workouts change if you pay me more or if you're a celebrity. I'm the right. same person, you know. Right. Um, and then a lot of people ask also about, like, PR. Like, when is it time to get a publicist or spend that kind of freaking money on a publicist, which wow. I have no idea how that money, how that, how that came about with them deciding what the rates are for PR because it's very expensive. But, um, you know, I, I feel like nowadays, like, what you guys do, like having the blog, having the podcast, social media, you know, there's so many more avenues of getting your message out there than just, Print media. It's almost like print's almost becoming, you know, it's getting close to dead in the water. I mean, I heard Barnes and Noble is, is getting close to yeah. just going under. I mean, that's been happening for a while now, and that's going to be the last bookstore yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. around right now. So, I mean, print print media is dying fast, and I think a lot of the reasons why is because what's interesting now about technology is you can have a direct line with people that you're fans of. So, I mean, when yeah. I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, you, you, you would go see a rock band. You're not going to meet them or anything like that. But nowadays, you can hit them up on Twitter the next day and say, hey, great show. And, and 80% of and the time, they're going to respond yeah. back and say, hey, right. thanks yeah. a lot for 
coming up. And maybe it's a generic response or not, but it, it's, it's still very cool that you can even have that yeah. kind of interaction. So now it's someone can go to my website, watch a video, read an article, and then they can email me right afterwards and get a personal response. Exactly. So, I mean, so it, it's just very seamless. So nowadays – Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was no, say, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Based on you, based on you, like when I Googled you, like the the content that came up online, like with your name and all this stuff, um, and sincere. And I I also Googled you too, same thing. But I mean, I think I think it was also Mike with your um, your site and the way it's all tagged. Uh, I don't know all the correct like terminology of like the spiders from the internet. I don't, I don't freaking know all the inside stuff, but like, you know, when you put in your name, you have a, you, you have a, a huge internet presence. And that's another thing, like, hello people. If you have no internet presence at all, how is anyone ever going to find you? Right. Yeah. Like, and it, and it goes never... beyond Facebook too. So most people think if they're just on Facebook, that's good enough. They think that's an internet presence. Really it's not because if you're on, you have a personal page on Facebook, guess what? Google and all that, they're not going to find you. You're exactly. gonna have to get, so you're going to have to get a fan page in order to even get indexed in Google. But why not, yeah. go, to, why not go to the social media um, outlets that are owned by Google if you're trying to get in Google? So why don't you spend more time on YouTube, which, you know, that's right. going to get top priority over any social media with Google because it's theirs. So, of course, they're going to show more favoritism to that. So get on there, but also don't just pop a video up there. Make sure you're putting the right – and I hate to get all technical right but put the right keywords in there that you want to be – the words that you want to be found – via right. Google. You know, put exactly. that in the description of the video. Don't just say, uh, cool workout, you know, the, from today's class. Well, right. guess it what? It needs to be the right words, <laughs> glutes, yeah. or strength. Yeah, who, or... yeah exactly. who are you? No, you're Carla, in... You have to make it easy for people to find you and also make it easy for people to help you. I mean, I have friends who are on the wrong side of the digital divide. And these, mm-hmm. I, had a, I have a friend who's a power lifter, and I invited him to come to one of my courses, do a demo, do a presentation. I go, this will be a way to, for you to get your foot in the water and get in front of my audience and see what, what mm-hmm. you think. And he's like, well, I don't have email. Can I text you my bio? What? I'm like, no, you wow. can't text me your bio. I don't have email. Yeah, oh, I'm like, oh, I'll, oh. like, I'll just <laughs> email. But Hold here's on. The thing. I look, you, I'm doing you a favor here, buddy. You're not doing what? me a favor. So I think we're missing. Hold on, Mike. Hold on. You just said the floor. The bio. Hold on. He's going to text you a bio, but he doesn't have an email. He's got it backwards. How do you ha- not have an email address, uh, but you can text someone? What the what heck? on earth? <laughs> How is anyone surviving without an email address? That, that right there is like, it, forget it. It blows it. me away. It blows me oh. away. But sometimes oh. you try oh, to help you. I've had friends in the business who I tried to help. I would say, yeah. look, come out to my event, do this, do that, and so forth. And they just would not make it easy to help yeah, them. Yeah, but you, you know what? Well, I, you know, I can't buy my own plane ticket because I don't have a credit card. It's like, well, look, man, I mean, I have to buy <laughs> your plane ticket now for you. I oh, have to God, go out no. there and get your itinerary. It's like I'm the headliner here, man, okay? You're <laughs> opening up that. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and you know what I realized? You kind of realized over time of this, and, that, and that's a – well, two things. One, for people who, who just heard everything we said about like all the social media and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. How do I even set up the back end? I mean, because there's a lot of setup. That's when you do some research and you friggin' invest some money and hire somebody to help you. Right. You yeah, know, there are a like, lot of social media uh, experts out there, you know, yeah. and, and hell, and it, it may be your little cousin. It may be your son. It could be your child. Because guess Carter. what? These kids, 
they grew up in this generation, so they can be like, hey, mom, let me show you how to set up a Facebook account. Let me show you how to set up a fan page. I'll yes, do it yes. for you. Give me a rise on my, you exactly. know, give me a raise on the allowance or something, or let me borrow the car this weekend, and I'll take care of you instead of spending thousands of dollars on Odesk to outsource to someone. Go to, you probably have somebody in your family that would do it, like they'll be glad to do it, just to say like, hey, look, I helped my mom get on Facebook. Just don't follow me, though. Don't, don't, don't add right. me as a friend. <laughs> or, or if you have, like, you know, I've had in the past, um, when I couldn't afford to put out big money, I've bartered with people who've helped me, you know. You and you just have to make you do have to make sure that you have a clear written understanding of your barter and not mm-hmm. make it just verbal. I would write it down what your guy's barter is and what seems fair, how many hours is gonna be because, you know, for us it's hour to hour work. You know, it's not like when somebody's working which is I've had this before, I don't really barter with very many people, which I have like one person that I barter with, but um, you know, it has to feel fair, and that's the thing with hour-to-hour work. Like, I know how many hours I'm working for you, but when it's, like, something where you can't track them, it's just, you know, you just have to make sure yeah. it's set up ahead of time so it feels, it feels fair to you. But there, is, there are definitely, there's people out there. There's also, if you look at co- uh, colleges, they have a lot of uh, students that are wanting to do work for, you know, whether it's their own um, de- you know, um, degree that they, they have, Right. Uh, within, within that or yeah. building sites or they, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's many, many options that are and out there to many, help. Good, good options for filming clips for YouTube or videos. Yeah. You know, exactly. You, sell, you know, things like that. Just getting, yeah. just getting stuff out there. I think, I think the mistake a lot of people make is they want to come into the game high level. So they want to yeah. blow a lot of money on a very expensive uh. website. They want to look like they're super professional and have been doing it yeah. forever. My attitude is don't fake it. Just come yeah. in yeah, at no, where no, you're no. at yeah. and build your way up. I mean, I, had, yeah. I didn't have a website like I have right now when I first got started. I had one page. It looked, yeah. like, it looked, yeah. it looked like crap when I look back now. Yeah. But you know what? It worked at the time because I had yeah. good content on there, and that's what people wanted. And then yeah. as you make money, you keep investing it back in your business, which exactly. is what I've always done. Keep expanding my brand, supplements, exactly. books, videos, exactly. rather than just go blow it on unnecessary things. So, I mean, you and have so fun. You, you have fun with it, but put it back in your business too. Exactly, and and I think also you need to know what you, you know, what you like to do. Like right. I have no desire to do any fulfillment from anywhere in my home. Like I don't want to send you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not doing any fulfillment of like packages and then return, yeah. you know, returns and then. No, thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. and some people, I've had some clients, you know, some trainers that are doing that, and it ends up being a nightmare. Or, you know, um, you you really need to know what you excel at, and then figure out a way to, you know, make money from that. And, you know, content like you were saying before is super important. I'm not a good I'm not a good sit down and write of a computer type of person. It I've, takes me takes me forever, and it my stream of consciousness is better if I'm on camera doing it than I am writing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, But some people are great at writing and they do blogs and that's great too. You know, I mean, you have to really kind of go with what your strengths are with that, you know. Right. Um, And I I also, I mean, the people that I've seen like within my business who, I mean, I don't know if they fail or they leave or they have nothing to do with it are, um, you know, generally people that have bad attitudes. That's one, you know, if you're just a, shitty person with a bad attitude, you're probably not, you know, you're not going to laugh. Um, within the industry of working in the entertainment industry, then that's a whole different animal because you cannot teach people freaking common sense. And I, I'll tell you a very quick story, which was like my biggest nightmare, which is exactly what I mean about common sense. I had 
been asked to go on the road with a, a big entertainer again, and like they wanted to pay like five dollars, right? And I, I'm like, I can't. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, I have a business. I, I get it that this person's super fan. Who cares? I mean, like, I have a business to run. I can't do this. So, I I found somebody. I vetted somebody to go. I did not really know her. She was a recommendation. And I should have known when she picked me up in her car for the meeting that when she had a blow into the um, tube that was attached to her car to turn her car on. Wow. That probably should have been my first. <laughs> that probably should have been my first. <laughs> that maybe she had a drinking problem. But, you know, I'm also very big on, like, second chances. And, you know, I went through treatment for an eating disorder when I was younger. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm, like, big on, you know, forgiveness and being like, okay, maybe she's cut to – I get a call after one month of her being on the road. This is what I mean by you can't teach common sense. I, you know, my biggest thing to her was explaining about self-regulating. Like when you're on the road with a client and you are the trainer, you are the food person, you are the, you are the motivator, you are the person who is organizing all of this, you are in charge. It's like she's your child, you have a diaper bag full of her food, and you are the mom who's basically taking care of the artist or whatever, you know, when you're on the road. And – I explain, you know, there's all these outside uh, circumstances and there's going to be, you know, the dancers, everyone wants to party and, you know, it's a big party for most people. And, you know, I kept on saying, you are the one who is keeping the artist healthy, on a good schedule. You need to get up before everybody does. You need to be the example, you know. So, you know, hearing all this, it sounds great. Well, cut to, I get a call from the management that tells me that this lunatic Ended up, of course, going to Vegas with everybody. You know, and they were performing, Vegas. getting wasted. Yeah, Vegas. <laughs> it goes back to Vegas every time. Wait, getting, dang, dang getting it, Mike! Wasted, come on, man. And then bringing a stranger onto the tour bus with the artist, making this other person on the tour bus, and then they woke up and found a stranger in their tour bus on the way to San Diego. And which is like, I mean, you can't get. You just can't get any, probably any worse than that. And so, of course, he was fired, and they called me, and I was horrified because it was my recommendation. And, oh, you know, it's like – and so when I, when I talked to her about it afterwards and asked basically about her responsibility in it, and she basically had an excuse for everything, I just said, look, here's the bottom line. I, I don't know what you were waiting for. I would have already sent the hugest orchid to this management company with an apology letter saying you were sorry and yeah. thanking them for All even right. giving you the opportunity, A – uh, and because, B, you'll never, ever, ever, ever work in this industry ever again. You're done. It's over. Like, that's it. You, you, your reputation is done because that's the number one thing within, you know, our industry is your reputation. Absolutely so any industry. Right. Exactly. I mean, any industry. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Once you sell out once, it better be for a lot because you're not going to get another <laughs> chance. You know? Yeah, yeah better. once you sell out, once, once your behavior is just ridiculous like that yeah, and your reputation yeah. is that you're a drunk alcoholic with the artist on the road. I mean, you're, it's forget, forget it. It's over, you know? Exactly. And so that's why you have to constantly be really aware of your actions and, um, you know, your, I know it sounds so juvenile, but it's like a lot of people don't even think like in the long term. like you need to think ahead. You need to think about your career, who you're working with, like how you respond to people, how you, you know, I mean, all of that is, really important and I think in the industry working with um, entertainers or uh, you know artists or uh, celebrities or whatever you want to call it it's like the same thing you just you know I mean it's uh, probably it's more of a privacy thing so I, you know I hope you're not like 
working with them and then freaking oh that's the other thing then then there's a we have a trainer at my gym that trains a celebrity component and his wife will come in and take photos of him training his celebrity clients and then post them all over Facebook now <laughs> me personally I would be horrified yeah. because it's the last thing you know that's a privacy thing to me it's like right. a you know I just little things little things like that are to me kind of not classy and like you know you want to respect privacy for anybody I mean it's any of your clients you know I, I just, they may not yeah it's just tacky and you know you know what's funny is just having worked with a lot of special forces navy seals people like that mm-hmm. it's if you want more opportunities working with people like that you can't really tell anyone that you've worked with them because they don't want you to use that for marketing. No, they don't want. Right. They're not going to give you a bunch of testimonials. And these guys like to keep their privacy. I mean, even when they come to my workshops, they'll make a point of coming to me and saying, "Hey, do me a favor. Don't mention that I'm in the SEALs or Special Forces or anything." Which I'm not going to do anyway. But sometimes people do that. You know? right. It's like, oh, right. so and so's a Navy SEAL. You just got back from a covert right. mission. Right. In so-and-so. As a matter of fact, you guys, let's give a round of applause. He's the one who shot Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean. And celebrities are kind of the same way. Is that they want to keep a low profile. They're they're not coming into your private gym and then we want to have some photographer around taking photos and so forth. And then everything is about oh. Can I get a testimonial from you? Can you do this for me? It's like, oh, boy. Yeah, you, got, you have to just really just like – Yeah, that's you, trying to leech off of them. And it, it, I think – like, yeah. Yeah, there's a time yeah. and place for all that. Yeah. One, of my, one of my high-profile clients, Frank Shamrock, who I developed a really good relationship with, I interviewed him when I first got in the business. He's and awesome. I, got, I got that published in a magazine. He was really happy with the interview. I did one more interview with him. He and I had a very good dialogue. So eventually, years later, I taught a course at his facility – he took the course, loved it, and then I was hanging mm-hmm. out with him in his back office, and we're talking about training and so forth. Nice guy, just a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I said, hey, if you don't mind, I know you like the course. Would you mind giving me a testimonial? And he gave me a really nice testimonial. After 80 years of knowing you and training exactly. and, like, you established exactly. a great relationship. What if I asked him for that after the first call? He would have been like, oh, boy. Exactly. It wouldn't even be genuine either because he didn't even work with me at that point. He didn't have the experience. Yeah. But but I I feel like a professional athlete, I mean, personally, my favorite demographic to work with is that. I mean, not that I'm taking anything away from a celebrity that wants to be on camera and do all that, but, like, special forces, Navy SEALs, professional athletes, like, that is a fantastic demographic to work with because they want to work. Yeah. You know, they want to learn and they want to work. Well, I, th- I think when it comes down to it, when this is the whole privacy issue, just like you're talking about the guy who's got someone, got the photographer coming in and taking pictures, what's happening right there is what, we, what I've been talking about on the show every week. You know, this guy is not trying to be a trainer. He's trying to be a celebrity trainer. He's trying to, like, right. leech, off, he's trying to leech off these folks so he can get launched into Hollywood himself, and then next thing you know, he gets some reality <laughs> TV show, and then and he becomes what I call right. a paid actor, right. <clears throat> excuse me, celebrity trainer. And you know, that's right. the, that was the coolest thing about you know, having you on the show this week. I was like, yeah, so finally we have an actual trainer who's very successful, <laughs> successful at actually training celebrities. Not just a celebrity right. trainer when you're like, who the hell are you? I saw you and on some Ricky Dick show on E. Well, also, yeah. Ash, Ashley actually has good content, too. If you it, watch her clip, right. you're well, not doing a, a bunch of moronic exercises with that. Right. You exactly. You're very good into mobility well, work and stretching and using the foam roller and making sure people's posture is correct. Right. Now, these are all high-level things you do as a trainer. So you're not – you're training celebrities as – 
as a side effect of, because of yeah. being a good trainer rather than right, I'm, right. I'm not a good trainer, but I'm a good actress and I'm going to fake being a exactly. trainer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I worked the front desk. Fake. I was working the front desk at the big box gym and then some producer <laughs> would say, hey, right. that's cute. You ever thought about being a, a, a trainer? Well, no. Right. Hey, we'll give you a job and we'll make you one and we'll just send you some rinky-dink certification over the weekend and next thing you know, we'll give you a show. How do you th- what do you think about that? And I think think that's why, like, you, you know, I cringe. Well, it's my, I mean, my my PR girl that I've been with for 14 years, okay, and she is really, like, has, the one who has installed, like, an enormous fear in me of doing something wrong when it comes to, like, editors or, or not responding or from the very beginning, you know, she, but she was the one, like, in, on my website in my bio that says celebrity trainer. It, it, I throw up in my mouth a little bit every time I'm introduced like that because, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I get it. I get, I get it on a TV show, whatever. I get that. But it's like <laughs> I'm, I am a trainer. I mean, I train. My, my majority of people I train, like you said, are not celebrities. I mean, I've been a trainer for 20, almost 22 years. You know, it's like I, the, de- the, de- the reason that I train that demographic also is where I live. I mean, if you know, if all of us lived in Delaware, I don't think we would have a, any celebrities to be trained. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it is, the, it is also the demographic. It's also, you know, where I, where I live. I'm also, it's even smaller as females. I mean, you know, the, the reason that there's, I mean, I think that I, I work a lot with TV or doing that kind of stuff is because, um, you know, you, then that's a whole separate thing. Like, are you good on camera? Can you, can you speak well on on a, on a radio program or on a camera right. or, and not, you know, if you, if you hear yourself and you need to go back and listen and go, okay, you know, I really need to work with the way that I'm explaining things because I'm, you know, those, yeah. those are all super important things that even through, I mean, sure you guys know, cause you're on, you do your podcast all the time, but how you speak and, and how you relay information. I mean, all that is really important. How you cue, like this as trainers, right. Alone just your cueing as a trainer, which was my biggest obsession for probably six years in the beginning was learning how to be a better cure. You know, that is like what I feel why I'm so good at, at teaching is because I'm mm-hmm. an excellent cure, you know, and like I was watching your, Mike, I was watching your video on, was it the single arm snatch with the, with the uh, kettlebell? I think that was your newest one that you were showing. Was it a, or clean, it was a clean. Uh-huh. And your instruction with it was like, oh, okay. So and like and, and then I went to the gym and I was using your instruction on on that. And then your your cueing was excellent, you know. Or oh, it, you. you know, I mean, any of your cueing that we do as trainers, where you can translate well without having to touch the client, do it yourself. I mean, all of those things are important things to strive for to be successful. Also, is is your communication? You know, if you can't right. communicate, whether it's Two other people explaining to an editor how to do an exercise. You know, going going back to like the editor things. That's a whole other thing. Like you need yeah. to read magazines. You need to see. I know. Yeah. I understand that it is butchered. I understand that every exercise I will write will be butchered down to two sentences, with like half of my information <laughs> gone of how I'm explaining something. So mm-hmm. you know, you need to understand how to how to write for magazines, you know, you need to understand how much room they have when you're giving any type of uh, workout, 
you know, who, who, are the, who is the demographic you're talking to? What's the level of expertise of the people that are reading the magazine? Um, you know, what is their access to equipment? Um, you know, like I'm doing the show Home and Family again tomorrow, which is the show that's on the Hallmark Channel. And, it's, mm-hmm. and this demographic of people are not the demographic that would probably be at your kettlebell seminar, you know, Mike. I hope not. Like, I hope not. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, well, you know, more do what you're doing. Do what you never know. You never, no, you never do know. You never know. But, you know, you need to know ahead of time, like, who are you speaking to? Right. What would resonate with that audience? Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm doing like a small space workout on a yoga mat. And by the way, most of the information that I give ad nauseum over and over again is all the same information. It's like I'm not, like, trying to come up with, like, new fake workouts because right. I feel people, I'm, I'm scared that you're going to get sick of what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is what I know has been working for the last, you know, 12 years that I've been doing that with my clients. You know, this is why I repeat a lot of the same stuff. I mean, different things, like, as we all know as trainers, over time you might be like, you know what, I don't, actually, I don't like to do that. I, you know what, I've been doing it like that for five years, and I want to change up. I feel like if I'm doing it this way, it's better. I mean, if you're, you can always edit yourself to make things more efficient, but it's like I'm not having to make up some weird system that I don't even do myself. That's my other favorite thing is when I see <laughs> trainers that teach these uh, weird systems that they don't even do themselves. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and, that, and that is yeah. so common. Oh, oh yeah, teaching <laughs> kettlebells that they never picked yeah. up one. You know, we've mm-hmm. never seen this guy before. I was like, yes, um, we have our, you know, we have our kettlebell instructor, so-and-so, so-and-so, and then you look at their credentials. There's not one certification on there whatsoever, but what they did, they went to Walmart, picked up a DVD from that celebrity trainer we spoke of earlier, and, hey, why not? Right. <laughs> so now, now I know kettlebells, and I'm going to well, teach you at the big box gym. Which would make me terrified. I would be, I mean, I literally went and did like this Olympic lifting certification and I still, I mean, and I've been working with a coach and doing this for like, you know, I don't know, however long, a year and a half or whatever. I would not, I still don't feel like I'm ready to really, really teach it. Oh, you know, I mean, like I'm, there's, I, I love it. I have so much respect for people that, are, I mean, I, I, I love, unless my newest obsession, I love Olympic lifting, and it's... No, it's I awesome it's, stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I, I have yeah. a good friend in the U.K., Sabina Scala. She's an awesome U.K. coach. She teaches Olympic lifting better than anyone I've ever seen teach it, male, female. Really? Years of experience, not yet. She's, she's exceptional at teaching Olympic lifting because I, I have a very hard time with Olympic lifting moves because... It's the exact opposite of what we do with kettlebell. So on a superficial level, you look at a kettlebell clean, kettlebell snatch, you're like, oh, okay, just like Olympic lifting. So often when we have people with Olympic lifting backgrounds try to learn kettlebells, they have a very difficult time because they're using OL technique. Same thing, though, with kettlebell people who have gotten very skilled at kettlebell training trying to learn Olympic lifting. Like I, I used to work with my coach, Mark Philippi up here, strongman legend. He has a great facility out here in Vegas. And he would get so frustrated trying to teach me Olympic lifts because I would be using kettlebell technique. And, and, it right. took me, and then he, no matter what he said, I just wasn't getting it. And then Sabina Scala taught at one of my courses in the UK, and I watched her instruction. And I go, okay, I think I, I, think I know. I, now I see what this is all about because she broke it down movement by movement, covered uh-huh. all of the mobility issues people have with uh-huh. Olympic lifting. Uh-huh. And once I saw her go through the sequence, okay, I'm like, all right, now I get it. Now I get how to load up. Now I get how to do this. Because her cueing, like you said, is exceptional, especially for Olympic yeah. lifting, because it's very complex stuff. 
But just oh, like yeah. you, I, I would never try to teach Olympic lifting to anyone at I, this I point. Mean, no way. I, I, yeah, I have so much respect for, um, you know, I obsessively look at stuff, and, I, and I, I also like to be there and listen to, like, you know, my coach <laughs> coaching other people. And then I watch and I ask questions. And, um, you know, I, like I said before, I'm very visual, so it's better for me to be there to watch so I understand. And then, you know, just doing it over time and, um, it, to, to me, it reminds me of dance. You know, I, I was a dancer for so many years. It, it's so technical that it reminds me of, mm-hmm. for Definitely. some reason, it reminds me of dance. Um, but, you know, even, I think that's like with, with anything, when you're um, able to say, like, you know, I know what I excel in. I'm, I'm great at establishing a foundation for people. Like, um, when I worked with Nick Swisher last year before his, uh, his final season with the Yankees, right? So he's an outfielder, for, was for the Yankees, now he's with Cincinnati, I think, uh, Ohio. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not a strength and conditioning coach, you know, and so when he came to me, um, part of what I do with a lot of clients is I like to establish, like, a really good team of people, you know, and he hadn't really found his strength and conditioning person that he wanted to work with yet. And But when I started working with him, a lot of it was we had to fine-tune just micro things that were happening, for instance, like, you know, when he would swing and he had this serious collapse happening with his right knee, right, or his hip and his glute right. was not firing. And, you know, like those kind of things for me, are, are, you know, I can see immediately that's also just a lot of intuitiveness of from a thousand years of doing this and doing body work and just watching anybody move. It's easy for me to look at somebody and be like, oh, oh, my God, his laps are so tight. That's why he's completely restricted. He can't do a, you know, a front squat and it's pulling on his back and, or, you know, or whatever. But, you know, when, when it came time for, like, the stuff that he really needed to work on with his strength conditioning, I was like, we need to find you someone that you really, really like. And he ended up working with um, Ryan, uh, oh, my God, I'm going to, I don't know his last name, Cabretta? Cabretta. That's terrible. Uh, but he was, a, he was in Westlake Village, and they were great. And so it was a really, you know, it was a good team of both because he needed mm-hmm. that, that he needed that foundation. He's ne- done no myofascial work ever in his life. Never <laughs> wow. used a miniband. Never used a miniband in his life. And um, you know, all those things kind of turned on his body and changed things for him. And, con- and finally felt connected to his body, which is it's interesting. Even with you know, I'm sure you've seen this. Even with like professional athletes, there's like you can still have like a disconnect. Like oh, definitely. Some people, mm-hmm. you know, some people just have this natural ability and don't and really don't even know where it's coming from and. And, and really don't understand how the body is working. And so I love that. And I love, I love teaching that. And, you know, um, I'm really, like I said, really big with the myofascial stuff, which is probably all you ever see me constantly tweet out my uh, rolling out thing. But, yeah, you know, yeah. those, those, kind of, those kind of things are really important. And I found, like, with people who are newer trainers who don't feel confident, um, and then when their client comes in and says, can't we just do this later? Can't we just keep going? You know, my, my answer is this, this is part of your workout. If you'd like to roll out before you come in, you absolutely are, are more than welcome to, but you have not rolled out. So this is 10 minutes of your work that you're going to be doing and get on the floor and start rolling. And so, okay, you know, but if you're not confident with what you teach and you don't, you don't do what you teach, then how can you have the confidence to tell somebody, uh, no, you need to roll out your quads. Your glutes are so turned off. They cannot turn on, you know, or, or explain to them why. And so 
you know, that's a, a big thing. The more you practice what you preach, the easier it is for you to explain your clients, the more confidence you have with what you teach. Um, you know, and then there's no situation. I don't have anybody come in. I, I have people try that they'll come in and try to tell me how I'm going to be working with them. And <laughs> I, I haven't even done like an assessment yet. I'm like, what are you that, that, about? That's, always, that's always funny, isn't it? When, when a client <laughs> tries to tell you how to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> so look, yeah, it's I can't like, do this. I won't be doing this. I don't like push-ups, so please let's not do any push-ups yeah. in the workout, yeah. please, because I'm not strong in my upper body. Well, that's why you came <laughs> to me, right? Let's avoid, it. let's avoid your upper body then if you're not strong with it. Let's, let's definitely avoid that. Okay, so what, what do you like doing? Oh, abs? Perfect. Let's just do that and accentuate your forehead here. I mean, you know, and, and, but of course, I think because I've been trained for 8,000 years, I, there, it, that gets, you know, that is immediately, you know, that is, the fire is put out with that immediately, which is, you know, as far as you just came into the gym to pay to train with me and, and pay money of your hard-earned money to get advice from a, a, a trainer, so I am going to be running your session and you're not running this session. It'd be like, or, or then I'll change it and I'll say, you know, it's like if you're, you know, let's say you're a, a trader and I come to your office and I'm sitting in your office and you're wheeling and dealing and saying we're going to buy, sell, buy, sell, and I said, no, 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 and I've never traded a day in my life, and I go, no, 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 no. These are the stocks I want you to trade because this is what I heard on CNN was really good. I mean, you laughed me out of your office. You know, it's the same, <laughs> it's the same concept. I mean, but that's also establishing a trust, um, you know, with your client. And, um, you know, I think over time, like, you guys have also trained for a long time. You have great reputations. You have a lot of success with your clients. So I think that also breeds more people trusting you. But, you know, right. if you're not confident, I can smell it. I can smell oh, yeah. a trainer who's <laughs> yeah. not confident, and and then I cringe for them because I can feel the energy of the of the of the client slowly dominating the trainer, right. and like and you know and then the, and then when you work from fear, like that's the other thing. Like if you're running your business out of fear that you're going to lose clients, you're fearful you're fearful that you're going to piss somebody off because you're not you know whatever. Uh, you will not be successful. That's a like, not that's at all. An incredible point right there because that's I mean, so true. Not, yeah. Because so many people run their businesses with that fear-based mindset of I better I better take every client whether mm-hmm. they're a good personality fit for me or not mm-hmm. because otherwise mm-hmm. I'm screwed. Or I better just make a video on something that's popular even though I could care less about it. So they're, every day it's always a fear-based motivation. And they're and miserable. I, I think that's they a are surefire, miserable. Yeah, that's a surefire way to be miserable. There's no doubt about that. But one thing, Ashley, I'm really curious how you got started altogether with fitness because you've you've obviously established yourself extremely well. You're very confident talking about what you do now, of course. But I'm sure it was a much different story when you first got into the business. Were were you from LA, and or no, did you first I, get started? And what what made you want to get into the fitness business when you first got well, started? I'll you, well, I'll tell you, Mike. I'll tell you. Well, I you know I grew up in Chicago. <laughs> I grew up in Chicago, so I'm Midwest uh-huh. girl. And I grew up around, my mom owned a health food store for 11 years. My dad owned sporting goods stores. My mom was a marathon runner. My dad was, like, my dad used to take me to Mr. Olympia um, shows and Frank Zane and Franco Colombo. Like, I knew oh, all cool. those guys wow. when I was, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine, however old, young I was. Um, but I didn't. No, I just this is what this is what I was around. I remember my dad bought me a. Do you remember Rachel McGlish? I don't know if you guys remember sure. her. Yeah. Okay. Like my dad bought me like one of her book, bodybuilding books before she started, you know, becoming voided out, and she had a beautiful right. body. And 
right. you know, he bought yeah. me, he bought me this book and he was like, and he said to me, you know, this is, this is like therapy sessions. Like, this is what you should look like. And I was like, what? I mean, like, you know, I was like, well, I was, but so I, I kind of <laughs> been around it always. Oh, and then I was a dancer my whole life. I danced since I was about 16 or 17 years old, um, jazz and modern and, and all that stuff. But I didn't, and I went to the gym all the time. I have no idea what I was doing. I can't even remember. I don't know how I even knew how to use anything because it's like I always say to people who get overwhelmed by gyms, I'm like, you know, if the dentist's office was open to the public, I still wouldn't know how to use it. Right. So it's the same thing as <laughs> right. a gym. Just because it's public doesn't necessarily mean you have any clue what you're supposed to do with it, which, right. you know, I, I think is kind of, a, you know, how, how easy it is to hurt yourself. Anyway, so – I had no idea. First of all, I did not go to college. I graduated high school, the most miserable person in the world, because I had a raging eating disorder all from fourth grade until I graduated. Um, and I went into treatment right when I graduated in 1990. I graduated in 89 high school. I went to treatment in 1990. And I went to a 12-step treatment center. Now, again, like, I don't know. I didn't know what 12-step was. I didn't know you know, I didn't know anything. I hadn't been around any addiction or any of that. So I went to treatment back then. I was, treatment was like a month and a half when you could actually stay there. And then I got uh, very hardcore into my program because it was my recovery. And at that point in my life, I did not ever think I would have a good relationship with exercise or food because it was so, um, like, demonic for me. It was like, I didn't know there was, it was all or nothing. You know, it was like either I worked out for six hours a day and ate, ate, ate a potato or I overate and did nothing. And, you know, didn't trust any information anyone was giving me. I, you know, it's, you know, it's a very typical female teenage, you know, thing. And um, the, my experience that I had when I got out of treatment and being of service, and I still am a huge believer of service work, which is talk about being, talk about your success, you need to be of service in some area of your life, whether it's, you know, whatever you feel passionate about is, you know, nonprofit or animals or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You, you have really. to have that as part of your triangle with your, your business. But um, so when I got out of treatment, I really, my number one thing was to work on my brain and myself and my relationship with my body and exercise and food. And, um, I worked my ass off in therapy and treatment. I mean, in, uh, meetings and, you know, gave a sponsor and whatever. I mean, I was told like I couldn't exercise for a year or whatever. I just did whatever they told me because I was so freaking miserable. I thought there's no way if I could recover, then the sea will part again, and there will be, you know, like, there's no way. There's, I thought there was, I was terminally unique, which I love that, that phrase. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. so, so terminally unique that if I got recovery, then, and I did. You know, I, I slowly, over the course of time, got, a, you know, my head cleared. I got, a, I finally started really understanding myself and food and how training affects your body. And um, so when I moved to L.A., I did, I still was not training. I didn't even know that I could do it as a living. I mean, for a living. I, you know, I think that if I'd gone to college and I had had the right um, direction that I would have, you know, got a degree in kinesiology or something interesting to me, but I, I had no desire to go to college. I was so ready to work 
and get the F out of my town, you know, that I just wanted to start working, you know. So I uh, moved out here, and I think, I think for me, I mean, to be, to be honest, since we're, in a, we're all laying on our therapy couch right now, a big part of the reason why I'm constantly, you know, working on my business and doing it is to compensate for the fact that I did not go to college. So yeah. I think that I have my own personal insecurity about the fact that I don't have a degree and so that's why I overcompensate with trying to learn and, 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 you know, be open to hearing other people and, you know, because I, I feel like I missed out. So I, I, I really want to, like, make up for what I didn't receive when I was – and by the way, I don't think college is the answer for everything, especially with training. I mean, you can have every certification in the world, but if you do no hands-on training, it will do nothing for you. Yeah, honestly, exactly. I was going to say, exactly. we, know, we know a lot of overly educated trainers who are not very good. And honestly, one of my yeah. favorite strength coaches is a guy named Louis Simmons, who mm-hmm. is a high, high school dropout. He's considered by many to be the best powerlifting coach ever. And he's mm-hmm. an extremely smart guy. If you ever hear this guy speak, extremely What's his name, Louis what? Louis mm-hmm. Simmons. He's known as the West Side Barbell Club. I'll send you some of his clips so you can okay. check out some of his lectures. Yeah, he's awesome. He's one of my favorite coaches. Extremely I, intelligent guy. Yeah, and, and I think that that has a lot to do with, you know, um, I, you know, I have, um, you know, when you're intuitive with your body, I mean, I'm, I'm very connected with my body, so I'm very right. connected with any of my clients' bodies, and, you know, um, and also having gone through injuries, you know, I, I was very injured, which got me into, um, you know, the myofascial release and, and all that stuff, which changed everything for me because I used to overtrain, you know, I was big overtrainer. Right. I was also big at only training what I saw in the mirror Yeah. because yeah. I mean, who needs to train your backside because you <laughs> see it, right? I mean, so I, you know, I mean, all I wanted to work on were my quads, my abs and my biceps, you know, right. And I wondered why my head was four feet in front of me. <laughs> so, you know, it was and only until I had an injury was when I was humbled, right, with my injury, yeah. and then had to relearn everything. Because I was like, what the F? I don't know anything. Now, some, of my, some of my best successes, honestly, have come from setbacks in my life where I, yes. I got really unhealthy, too, when I first started my business. I had personal life problems, financial mm-hmm. problems. And business wasn't going that well. So like any of us who love training, I just started working out even harder and got myself into full-blown adrenal fatigue. And yeah. long story short, though, I learned a lot about how to optimize hormones naturally through this whole process. And then I did it just for myself. I, was, I never thought this would be something that I would teach to other people or lecture about, write about, et cetera. But the benefits were so tremendous for myself that if I just talked to anyone about it, people were so hungry for more information. And then it just became part of my message, my business model. So sometimes exactly. those setbacks, those, it seems like any time I've ever had a problem, when I find the solution, then it becomes part of my message in my business. My book yeah. came out that way. I was thinking about what can I do to raise more money to help animals because I know that's a big thing for you, help getting dogs, cats, rescued. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, so I mean, so one day I was kind of depressed about it. I had, I all my dogs are rescues, and I'm always trying to get people that. that yeah. So yeah. But but I was yeah. thinking of I was sitting around thinking about I'm like what can I do that would be service to two of the biggest causes that I'm into are helping wounded soldiers and helping abandoned animals in, Wait, in Las my, Vegas during the. You don't the, understand that is my <laughs> obsession. Both of those. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we'll definitely oh have – we'll collaborate on that. But, I mean, I, I decided to write a book, and then initially I gave away all the profit to help those organizations. There's two I support, one in Vegas and 
one in Colorado that helps wounded soldiers. And then mm-hmm. I just started giving 50% profit, and I still do now. I mean, every time the book mm-hmm. sells. And so, I mean, it's, it's like whenever there's a problem, people often get frustrated by problem setbacks, but there's, there's so many opportunities that come with that if, if you yeah. think it through. So there's well, always, also, always ways to turn it around. Yeah, opportunities, well, you're you know? also, you're, Yeah, and you're looking for the solution. I mean, like, right. you know, I, uh, about four months ago, sprained my back, my lower part of my back, and um, I, it, it was just so interesting. Like, through that whole experience and working with osteopaths and, um, you know, ended up, it was, I had fallen on my tailbone 10 years ago. It's a long story short. Anyway, it was because of that, the tightness of my tendons, my tailbone, and my hip, my, uh, my hip and just pulling was rotating me and then blah, blah, blah. I was doing these high pulls and I hurt. I, after that, I hurt myself. But anyway, but through my recovery from that, I learned even more about like, oh, I see what was right. going on there. And it just, you know, when you're, but you have to go through it. I mean, that's yeah, stuff that you, you would know, never have come across otherwise. And right. it's, exactly. It's kind of exactly. funny, but as, as you get, what's great about our business also is as you get older, you become way more marketable because it's one thing to exactly. be strong. And, when you're strong and fit and you're 25, people are like, who cares? You're 25. And then <laughs> exactly. when, you're, when you're 40, then, you know. Then when you're 30, it's like, well, you know, you're, you're still only 30. Then it's like, okay, 35, 40. 45, and then right. you keep looking better, and you're still getting stronger. Then people, like I always say, this is a great business to be in because, you know, I've got this hormone optimization thing dialed in perfectly, so I know how to optimize my hormones indefinitely as I get older. So, I mean, right. as I get older, it becomes more marketable because it becomes more impressive. You know, when you're still deadlifting 500 pounds for reps and you're 40, that's a lot better, more impressive than when you're 22. And when <laughs> people a, around That's such a good that, point. And then when your body's not beaten up either, because that's the other thing. I know guys that are strong, but they, they can't walk up a flight of stairs without yeah. their knee cranking. So, I mean, when you, when you do all the mobility work, when you do all the myofascial work like you're talking about, and then you do all the strength and conditioning and you have this kind of comprehensive demonstration of wellness just walking around, people gravitate towards that because people, once they pass 40, they, that's when they, the rapid decline starts happening. And I mean, well, it's I, funny, I like, I'll go I, sing with my dogs and people that are younger than me will walk by and say, man, I used to do that when, uh, uh, oh, man, I remember when I used to do that when I was much younger. I'm like, well, how old are you now? And they're a couple of years younger than I am. And I'm like, right. breaking to you, buddy, yeah. but I'm older than you. Yeah. And, and I think it's really, it's really cool that, um, that Ashley, you really stressed the rolling out. It's so funny that when you're around a younger audience, a younger clientele, you know, just like you mentioned earlier, they want to say, well, can we just do that later? Can we do that later? Yeah. But it's so funny. When you start working with clients who are like over 35, over 40, and then you, yeah. you're, the, you're the coach that comes in and stresses, you know, myofascial release and stress recovery and things like mm-hmm. that, and they didn't have that before with whatever trainer they had before that, all of a sudden it's almost like you become a god to them. Oh. I mean, when, when, you put oh, yeah. them on, when you put them on that roller, okay, first just tell them, like, okay, this is going to suck because you haven't been on one in your, your entire life. So this is going to suck, you know, so you, but once you get past the suckitude of this, you're going to appreciate this, and especially the way you're going to wake up the next few mornings. So you won't be waking up all stiff and tired and just kind of like yeah. almost hoping someone just push you out of bed so you can get on the floor. You're going to get to the point where you wake up like, oh, wow, my back's not hurting. Oh, wow, I can move my arm. I can rotate my yeah. arm. Look at my range of motion. I get it now. And then next thing you know, 
that's when they're telling everybody about you. It's like, oh, let me tell you about Mike. Let me tell you about Cynthia. Let me tell you about Ashley. You know, you right. need to go to Mike. You need to go to my trainer. You know, she works miracles. And, and right. all you did was just introduce something that should have already been in place from the very beginning and stretched from the very beginning. But, again, as you get older, anything that's going to help you with longevity and recovery, it's like, it's like heaven sent to folks. Trust me, for oh. all of us, I'm sure we can all agree in our own training, the more and more I learn about just more – methods of recovery, where there's meditation, which, you know, most people hear, they're like, meditate, oh, sit in the lotus position, I got to go om, and all this other madness mm-hmm. that, you know, that's, that's, that's a religious thing or something like that. This is a misconception mm-hmm. with that, but once you really understand, like, how it can really help you heal your body, because, A, it helps you really clear your mind, which mm-hmm. helps you clear all the crap in your body at the same time, because there's that connection, you'll have a deep appreciation for it, and, and when you just make sure that you don't make it too hard. People make meditating so hard. It's like, it's like the effort, one of the most effortless things you can do. And when you start focusing on effortless ease with anything, with your training, meditation, you know, recovery, whatever, then, man, all this really, it becomes fun again. It's no longer yeah. a workout. It's not something that you have to do. It's something that you want to do. So. Yeah, and, and I think that that's a, a really good point because the, you know, ability to, which is over time, you know, this, comes, I think, from working with people over time, which is why you have to work with people. Like, mm-hmm. I was listening to a guy next to me who was doing some, I don't know, some overhead something, and I could just, just looking at him, I was like, ooh, he should not be <laughs> pressing overhead yet. I mean, he was, so, yeah. he was so tight, and he's so internally rotating his shoulder. His lap looks so tight, and of course, when he was doing it, you know, his, his overhead press was like, again, you know, four feet in front of his forehead, you know, and... Um, the, the trainer didn't know kind of, he didn't know how to, A, shouldn't have been pressing, but whatever. But B, like, he kept on saying, I feel it in the front of my shoulder. And a lot of the range of motion restriction was coming from his lapping so tight. And I, of course, wanted, because I want to help everyone, be like, oh, he just went to, well, so he had a lot of his laps and, and, you know, open up his, his rotator cuff and, you know, uh, roll out his, his bicep and, you know, and, and those kind of things when you can, like, go in and even have somebody just, like you said, when you feel better, because it's, it's, it's not only about destroying your client. I had a guy come into me, come into the gym. I never met him before. Um, he was a referral, I guess, and he came in and said, you know, I, 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 I was a triathlete. Now, looking at him, he, didn't, he looked, didn't look like he was. Maybe he had been before. He was super skinny and <laughs> didn't look that fit, but whatever. I don't know. So I said, okay, well, let's just do a couple. I need to do an assessment. Let me do a couple moves. Let me just do a whole plank. Couldn't hold plank. Couldn't do a reverse lunge and couldn't do a push-up. I was like, all right. So he had a complete disconnect with his core. When I say, like, you know, a sag, like, in his, when he, in his plank, like, you know, like a mm-hmm. camel, it was terrible. So, and then we did the assessment. I had to do tons of body work on him because he was the tightest body I'd ever seen in my life in a, in a bad way. And I was like, sweating when I was done with our session because I just, I, I worked on his whole body for, for an hour because he desperately needed it. But afterwards, he said, I said, how do you feel? He said, oh, you know, fine. When are we going to start working? And I was like, all right, Ashley, don't rip his head off. Don't rip his head off. I was like, he doesn't understand. I was like, well, when you come in next session, you know, we'll, you know, move forward with what we're doing. I need to see what I need to do a lot of, I had to do a lot of like shoulder stabilizing stuff with him. No patience. This guy had no patience. He just wanted me to kick his ass. That's all he kept on asking for. And I just finally said to him after the second session we did, he, he gave me another kind of snide, like basically telling me that me working on him was like I wasn't really training him. 
And, right. he, and I kept on yeah. explaining the process of how it works. He didn't get it. So on the third session when he came in, he started again. And I said, you know what? I don't even remember his name, but I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I, because, you know, they also, you know, everyone has to sign waivers. Hello, don't be trainers. Don't have anyone sign waivers. But in my waiver, it also, you know, your sessions are not refundable. But I said to him, mm. you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you your sessions back um, <laughs> because no. I don't need, I, personally, I'm not going to explain to you every single time you come in, we're on our third session, what the, the process is. I think you need right. to experience the process, but I also can hear from you that um, I think you're looking for somebody that is not as into actually rehabilitating your body. And I said, and I can't in good conscience, I mean, I could destroy you in five minutes, but that's not my, that's not how I work. I mean, I'm, right. I'm, I want right. to make you stronger and build your body up. Anyway, so I said, oh, so I'm going to give you a refund and, um, you know, I think you need to find another trainer. And he was highly offended, but, you know, he was, you know, he said, okay, and I gave him his money back, and I said, I, you know, I mean, no, there's no, no, nothing negative between us. I just, it's not the right match, and I think you're looking for something else. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you have to do that. I think you yeah. have to set high standards for yourself, like what you did and not deviate. And then I always tell trainers, like, have you ever fired a client before? No. Yeah. I was like, well, then you either never had enough clients or – you've just taken on clients that are not a fit for you because there's always going to be those people that are not a fit, a total nuisance. They're not going to follow what you want them to do. And then they're going to badmouth you afterwards. So there's no point. Or or there's a highly, highly disrespectful or rude. And it's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what you do or who you are. Everyone gets treated the same, but you know, I mean, and I've worked with every demographic from, you know, I have, for some reason, I have a lot of uh, billionaire clients that I work with and work with their families down to the, you know, assistance of a hairdresser who make no money. So right. everyone, everyone is treated the same. It's not like, like I said a million times, it's not like, you know, oh, well, you have more money, then I'm going to do a better workout with you than somebody who doesn't. But if you are incredibly disrespectful, rude, oh, or <laughs> uh, inappropriate with me, then goodbye. Yeah, exactly. I've had no yeah. time. And, and then yeah. those, those, those trainees that are just stimulus addicts is what I call them. They just want to come in and they want to get beaten up. I mean, I have some friends from high school in town, and they wanted to come over to my house and get a workout in. And, and one guy's like, yeah, you know, I want to be puking afterwards. I want to be beaten oh. up. I'm like, well, just go, 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 have, strip. go, go have more beer bombs down there, guys. Yeah, take okay. him to the strip. Take him to the strip. That'll cure all that for him. He can get beat up. He can throw up. And, yeah. and the, goal, the goal of a workout is not fatigue. Yeah, that may happen, exactly. but that's not the goal of the workouts, all right? Yeah, exactly. Let's work on balance. Let's work on improving technique. We can, you can get a good workout, too. You don't have to be so wiped out where you can't walk the next day. I mean, I'll hit barbell squats hard like I did yesterday, but not so hard where today I just have to sit down all day because, right. you know, well, I can't like, move now. And it's not about killing yourself. I mean, you know, right. and, that's, and, that's, and that's what I think is a, a, a big – difference between, you know, um, ex- explaining and then also just doing. So, like, my clients that will say, like, I don't understand why I have to learn rolling out for the whole hour first, you know, for right. our first session. And, you know, my answer is because this is one of the most critical tools that you're ever going to learn. You will learn how to, you know, I always say it's like you can troubleshoot your own body better. You don't have to only depend on you know, only depend on a physical therapist or a doctor or masseuse. You can probably take care of some of your other things on your own before it gets to that. And it's 
aesthetically one of the best tools I've ever seen that changes the physique of the body, um, you know, quicker along with whatever program you're doing. And so, it, and again, depending on who I'm talking to, if I'm talking to a female, I know they want to hear about reducing cellulite. I know they want to hear about, which you guys won't understand, you know, bra fat. I know they want to hear about, yeah. the hello you know, bye bye, uh, you know, the, the yeah, underarms, exactly. yeah, the arms, the wings. Yeah. You know, guys, guys want to understand that their chest can open up bigger, they can get a bigger, you know, bigger, their pecs can look bigger, they can get more of a tapered V, you know, they, they can actually get rid of the pooch if they release their psoas a little bit more from sitting all the time. I mean, you know, things where it depends on who you're speaking to and how you're relaying the information um, is, a, is a good way of also trying to get your point across, again, depending on, you have to kind of quickly assess, well, you, what, what's going to motivate them in the way that I'm explaining this to them. Well, yeah. yeah. One one of the first things I tell anyone that starts working with me or they join um, our classes, I tell them like, look. First of all, let's establish this now. I am not interested in seeing what you have for lunch. So let me tell you, if you feel as if you're a little queasy, okay, you need to stop and you just tell me. Don't be ashamed. Don't right. feel like I'm going to be upset with you. But here's another thing. On the flip side of that, just like you were saying, you need to work with people. I've worked with enough people where I know they're getting ready to like puke yeah. before they know it. And I'll tell them, I'll pull them to the side and say, give me, hey, so-and-so, when was the last time you had lunch? Let me guess, 1130. Because there's something magical. And my classes are in the evening. So it's, it's right. 6.30 in the evening. But there's something magical about eating at 1130 and never eating for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so I'm like, it's either 1130 or 230. It just depends who you're talking to. So I'm right. like, let me guess, you haven't had lunch since 1130. That's the last time you had something to eat. Well, oh. yeah, I didn't want to overeat before class. I'm like, and, and tell me, how many times have I stressed that you need to have a snack at least about an hour and a half before you get here? Well, yeah. you, say that, you say that all the time. I'm like, so what makes you feel like you can just show up here on an empty stomach and insult my training to think that you can actually make it through the next what? 45 minutes, you know, without having some type of fuel going on in your body? And also insult Texas, thinking that you can train here in the summertime and, first of all, go all day without food or water. Who the Ooh, hell are gosh. you? You know, and I never understood Hi. anyone that trains in my state, in, especially in, let's say, from April until October without being hydrated. And you, it's surprising. I, I, like, water is not even an option during, like, when exactly. it takes a break. I said, no, this is, this is mandatory. There are no options. Yeah. Don't get some water. Because I don't want are you, you passing outside? out. On... <laughs> Do you also train outside with your clients? Yeah, we're, you're inside and outside. But in Houston, it doesn't matter where you are. But one thing they don't do, they don't train in where it's air conditioned. You know, or even in our gym, Mike's been to our gym, there's no air conditioning. In there. there are fans. It's old right. school. It's old right. school in there. But it's the evening time. It's cooler. But it doesn't even matter because the air yeah. is still moist and it's humid. The breathing is going to suck. So right. my thing is, like, go drink some water. Go drink it. I don't care what you – I don't care. It, it's, here's the funny reply from some people. I don't like drinking water. I don't like the way it tastes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, first of all, what? you can taste your water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why you don't like your water because you can taste it. I'm like, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. You shouldn't be Ew. able to taste your water. But I tell myself, I don't want you – yeah, I don't want yeah. you passing out because guess what? I don't want to give you mouth to mouth. I don't. I like you. I don't like you like that. Okay. So that's, 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 I'm pretty sure you don't like me like that either. And if you do, keep it to yourself because that's going to make us very uncomfortable from now on. Oh, well, going that, forward. That's, now, that's, now there's a whole other. Now there's a whole other subject. This oh yeah. Let's get on that. Crossing the line. Let's talk about crossing the line. Let's talk about crossing the line. Let's do it. I, I, I like that one. I mean, you know, I had a guy. You know, generally you can feel like, I mean, you know, I mean, you can feel, mm-hmm. uh, you can feel it. You can feel somebody's inappropriate. Just, you know, I mean, you can hear it, you can feel it. I had a guy come do an assessment with me, which I, 
don't normally do. I mean, most people just, you know, they'll start their first session, but whatever. He wanted to come in and talk. He was driving from like an hour and a half away. So I was like, okay, you know, no problem. So he came in to talk to me. He came to sit down. Right when we first started, when he came in, he was very like, you know, da, 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 da. he was kind of like a, you know, uh, I don't know what you call that. He was, just kind of, he was just kind of like he thought he was just kind of like, you know, I don't know, like he was in like, oh, Vegas. Here we go again, Vegas. But he called me. What did he say? We sat down and he said, um, listen, sweetheart. Why don't we start? He sat down and said, listen, sweetheart. And I said, whoa, 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 we need to for one second. And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, I just want to establish him just off the base, off the bat. I am not your sweetheart. And I said, my name's Ashley. So um, do not call me sweetheart. And he was like, are you joking? And I said, no, I'm not joking. And he was like, oh, okay, all right. And I was like, okay, so what were you you saying? And then everything changed. The tone changed. Mm -hmm. He was more professional with me. He was trying to show me. And then, you know, he was like, I I gave him my rate before we started. Then he said at the end of the thing, he's like, all right, so then, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we, uh, I'll give you a call. We can talk about the rate. And uh, we can go from there. And I said, well, we, don't, we actually don't need to talk about the rate. I sent that to you in your email, so all that's established, and you got your waiver. So you can look at that and either choose, you know, decide whether or not it's going to work for you to train or not. And he was like, oh, all right. And I was, you know, so it's just the, you know, the wording or, you know, if I was like, listen, asshole, don't call me sweetheart. And it's like, you know, I'm being defensive. Right, but right, it just right. needs to be established off the bat. You're not going to, you know, be some weird sexist guy with me that's going to, you know, just because I have boobs is, is you know, you're going to dominate the whole thing because you're going to, I'm, I'm going to think you're so sweet and adorable that, you know, you're going to manipulate the whole session. So that had right. to be stopped right away. But Wait, I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, no, what, no, what yeah. were you going to say? Well, you know, what kind of screws it up in those situations, the fact they probably come across people in our profession that didn't establish those boundaries. And also they're kind of like, they're out treating it like a meat market themselves. So you have, you know, male and female trainers out there who get involved with their clients. So they've already kind of established this, it's okay type thing. And because next thing you know, pretty much a lot of clients come in thinking that, well, all trainers, you know, they're, I see them on TV, they're out drinking, they have, they have great bodies, or they're out hanging out with their clients, or they date their clients, or they sleep with their clients. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's just what they do. And it's so mm-hmm. funny because when my wife and I, when we got married, and when they found out what I did, they were like, oh, my God, you, you married a trainer? Like, how do you handle that? And she's right. like, she's like, uh, what do you mean? How do I handle that? Well, you know, you know, they cheat and, you know, they, you know, how do you handle them being around all those, those sexy women all the time and all these half clothed <laughs> women? She's like, she's like, uh, because I know who he comes home to, who he comes home to. And I know who he, and she goes, and I know who he is as a person. He is, he is not just who he, what he does. So right. she said, I know who he is. And trust me, if I thought he was anything else, I wouldn't be with him. And so, right. you know, I mean, it's all, it's all about trust in that situation. It, I mean, you, exactly. you, could be, you could be a businessman going on, uh, on a exactly. trip every couple of days. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if people are, are going to cheat, they're going to cheat. They're no going to cheat. What, There's nothing you can do about it. You, know, you can't control anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so there has to be like some level of trust there. But, but yeah, with, with the client thing, I mean, we, we've all had our little stories. I mean, I've had, I'd ha- I've had different kind of internet stalkers, which is kind of creepy. I, I, I had one lady who was kind of like uh, Katie Bates in Misery, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, she had that kind of personality type. I mean, she was just a little bit of a nut. And she was also the kind of person where, like, if she showed up at a workshop and we all went out to have a meal afterwards and people would talk about whatever, if someone brought up some hardship they had been through, she would always have to one-up this person. Someone could oh, be like, like, well, a, that's you know. like a character in Saturday Night Live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Like, I, I, like, broke my like toe. I, I broke my foot. It's like, well, I beat <laughs> and I got attacked by lions. They had a plane crash one time, and I survived that, and I had no water on an island for six months. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like that kind of story, man. It's so and I, I, I love like that. that. Some people are just so hungry for attention. It doesn't yeah, matter positive or negative. So and, that, and that makes me sad, though. Let me just mm-hmm. talk about my problems because now I get attention. Or let me just uh, be a nuisance to deal with because now people have to deal with me. And it, it's yeah. just, just a very desperate attempt to try to get energy in any way from someone else. And that's else. why it's so important that you understand how to set boundaries. I mean, that was a big problem I had in the beginning of my training is that I, I overworked myself. I would just, I would just go – you know, put on a, a feed bag in my mouth and then just go and work like a horse for 12 hours and then come home and have a nervous breakdown because I didn't eat, didn't take care of myself, worked so hard. You know what I mean? I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to pace. Like I didn't know, like now I know I, I cannot do more than five people in a row or I am brain dead. Like I need, you know, four is great and then a break and then some more. Well, like, when did you know, yeah, when did you make that paradigm shift? Was it something where when you first got started, you were just, I need to put in this kind of work to make my business thrive? Or was it something that, that was just your personality and then you learned how to dial it back later? Well, part of it was in the beginning, like I said, because I didn't know how any of it worked. I just, right. for the first 10 years, I was just wanted to work. So I, yeah. I, I, I not, for, not for probably the first five years, I think I was afraid that if I said no, because also in the first five years, I used to drive all over Los Angeles. I would train people in all different gyms. I was not in one gym. So I was afraid that if I said, no, I'm only at this gym, that I would lose, that, that I, I didn't have the confidence that people would follow me to where I was. I feel like I had right. to go to where they were. Right. And then after 10 years, uh, when I finally, like, looked up, I swear to God, I feel like I was working for 10 years, and then I stopped, and I was like, holy crap, I just just took a breath after 10 years of working. I realized um, that I needed to be, I, I think actually it happened before 10 years. It was, it was before 10 years that I needed to be in one place. I was like, A, I'm not going to make as much money if I keep on running around, and this is ridiculous. So I, I, the shift was I went to one gym, and I said, this is where I'm going to be, and I am going to see if all my clients will follow me here. And they all did. They all followed me to one gym, and that gave me a lot of confidence that I was like, oh, okay, so I can – I can have more control over um, how I want this to look. And then over time, I was like, you know, I'm only in one gym. I, this is my schedule. This is what I have. Like when I first started, I had no clients. I mean, zero. And I, I remember I had like my, um, my day planner book and I would, um, I had fake names written in it because I didn't want anyone to look over. I didn't want anyone to look over my shoulder. That's great. And I had all this, because, you know, it literally would have been, like, you would have seen, like, the day. It would have been, like, you know, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., one person. You're like, so I yeah, like put in, you've got and, Homer Simpson at 1.30 and yeah. <laughs> So I remember I, I would put in fake names, and this girl, I was, training this, I was training this hairstylist that we were, quote, bartering. So she ended up, I remember, she lost, like, 21 pounds. And then never get, gave me a client, but I didn't put, you know, I did not set boundaries of how long this barter was going to go on for and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's a lot of people ask, you know, how do you get clients? You know, I mean, the way I got clients when I first started, I was at a gold gym, but I was working for myself. I wasn't working for gold. And I only trained women when I first, first started because I didn't even know, I did not know how to even train a man. And um, I used to wear 
uh, uh, like half shirts or, you know, like with sports bras a lot because I had like a six pack and women, and because I felt safe doing that because only women, because I knew I only trained women, you know, if a guy was like, well, I'd like to train with you, I was like, well, I only train women. So I didn't have to worry that I was like putting out the wrong message Right. You know, I mean, now at this point in my life, I, do, I, I disagree with myself that I would not suggest to people to walk around in half shirts and, you know, like bra tops if they're really <laughs> trying to establish, um, you know, a new clientele base. Unless, of course, like you, you know, I mean, I had no resources. I had no way to get any clients. And that was like my calling card at the time. And, you know, when I was however old, 20, 20, 20 or 21 years old. Right. Um, and so, you know, when would say, how did you get your abs like that? And that's how we start working with them. And then over time, it just was referrals from other people, um, you know, uh, other trainer, other clients would refer other clients to me, and it just became, you know, word of mouth. Um, and then the other big tipping change point for me was when I started training Christina, um, which I didn't even realize of, you know, the – so the significance of, because in my mind, Christina Aguilera had nothing to do with fitness. And when right. I started training her, she was 19 and really skinny and had no body. And I was like, who's gonna, who cares? Who, who's going to care? <laughs> I didn't understand how any of that worked. And, yeah. you know, so I had a 10-year plan and I found out about, um, uh, I found out about a publicist and I, I didn't even know about publicists. I was like, wait a minute. People, it was, I remember Gunnar Peterson. I, found, I heard had a publicist, and I was like, a publicist? He has a publicist? What? And so my gym that I was at was also in a lot of magazines. So I asked the owner, how are you guys getting these magazines? And he said, we have a PR company. I was like, what? All these people have publicists? This is insane. So I went to that PR company that my gym had. I, I put together this 10-year plan. You would have laughed hysterically if you saw the pictures I brought in. I mean, it was like, I had no idea what I was doing, but <laughs> I had started training Christina. And so this, they had a junior person there who was a dancer too, and she kind of connected to me. So she said, I'll work with her. And she started working with me, and that's Dana Starbeck, my PR person still now. And, you know, I've been with her for 14 years. But, you know, I mean, the significance of having, you know, it's also just, you know, on a, a side note with, with celebrities or PR, you know, magazines don't care about anybody, well, female magazines, about anyone unless you're a female A-list star. They don't care about, I mean, as much as the gossip will care about, like, you know, Ryan Gosling or they'll care about, right. you know, um, right. uh, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds, it, it doesn't, nobody wants to really write about their workout routines unless it might be like men's health does now, but it's just not the same thing as females, right, or female right. A-list. And, like, who the hell even knew that there was, like, you know, your cute score? I didn't know any of this stuff until I was here. So, you know, that's a, a big part of it, too. Christina is, was very, it still, was, especially then, was, you know, super, super famous. And so I was surprised at how much publicity that she got with me with the training. But, you know, there was, um, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of communication about it. And, and, in, and then when I, I published my book, I, she was the first person I think, even though I probably, no, she probably had never even read it. But, you know, I mean, to me, it was because of her that opened up to a whole new level for me with my exposure, you know. Mm -hmm. So my goal with that was that 
I, and I remember it was like I was Christina's trainer for a long time, and my goal was like I can't wait till I want to establish that I'm just an excellent trainer who happens to train celebrities. I didn't want to just be known as like one person's trainer. I wanted to be yeah. known as a great trainer that right. worked with the whole demographic. So, you know, I mean, after working with that, I can I can work with anybody. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's, it is funny. I was telling Mike when Mike was telling, you know, telling me that you were going to be on the show. I was like, oh, yeah, I know of Ashley. Um, I actually discovered you through Ariane Celeste from the UFC. Oh, yeah. The Octagon Girl. You know, so, oh, yeah. Because there was a time, um, like, on Instagram and even on Twitter, you know, she would just – she would post things about you and post pictures uh-huh. of you guys training and things like that. And that's when I was made aware of you. I was like, okay, like, um, okay, so let me check, check her out and see what she's about because that's what I do, too. It's just like – I want to see what, yep. you know, I like to do my research and just yep. see who, so like, I always look at some of these celebrities, some of these guys like, okay, who is their trainer? And mm-hmm. a, lot of times, mm-hmm. a lot of times they, some of them have the so-called celebrity trainer. I'm kind of like, ah, kind of disqualified you a little bit, you know, and then there's some, right. especially right. like, and I was like, okay, you know, so it just looks like Mike said, I went to your site. I was like, okay, great website. Cause I'm looking at that. And I know some people think like, okay, what's the big deal about that? Trust me. It says a lot when you really put yeah. something into it like that and not that's have like, one. And not, yeah, and not have some company like somebody that's pimping out DVDs do the website for you. No, I'm like, right. when it's you, when you are the business, when you're the entrepreneur and you put in the work to make sure that the right message is being put out there, you know, from your site to your YouTube page to your you're Twitter right. account. And I saw a lot of consistency, and I love consistency. I was like, oh. And then, you know, I started following you on Twitter. You followed me back. And like mm-hmm. I said, it was, just, it was just real cool from there. So, and it was yeah. just true love. It was Twitter love. <laughs> A website should be almost like an avatar of you, meaning that we're talking right now. People are going to my website. They're learning about me. They're reading about my products, services, et cetera. And it's, there's consistency in the sense that the personality you read about and you see on the videos, that's what I'm like in person too. That's exactly. what I'm like on Facebook, yeah. Twitter. So it's like you're getting a clear idea of what kind of person I am and whether I'm a yes. good fit for you or not. Because I don't try to be right. a fit for everyone. I make it yeah, real right. clear. Yeah. You know, you're not going to call your business aggressive strength if you're trying to just get everybody. That's going to intimidate right. a certain population group, and I want it to. Because right. it's going exactly. to screen you're out people. Right. That are, yeah, it's going to screen out the people. And it's not that they're good or bad. It's just that they're not a good fit for me, and right. I'm not a good fit for them. So they're better off working with someone else and without having to waste my time and screen those people to a large extent. My website does that for me. So, yeah, I mean, actually, you, you yeah. utilize properly a, a website is, I mean, there's no way you can build a successful business without a website anymore. It takes so much of the heavy lifting off of you. Oh, yeah. And like you like yeah. you were saying, you don't want to have to deal with packaging videos, books. And I, I know what you mean because I used to do that myself when I first oh. started creating videos. And yeah. then I delegated that out to a fulfillment company. And once I exactly. did that, all of a sudden the creative juices start firing because you're going, okay, I've got a company that takes care of that. So whatever I come up with, they can deal with that. And all of a sudden, the product line just started expanding rapidly, and now I'm designing my own supplements, and they're taking care of that. So That's it's great. Now, what if I never delegated that out? Because you're, you're going to limit your creativity because you're thinking, okay, I already have 20 boxes of DVDs in my living room. So if I, if I, make, <laughs> five, yeah. if I make five more videos, it's going to be – An episode whole, of Hoarders. It's going to be an yeah, episode exactly. of Hoarders is what it's going to be. Right, right. <laughs> and, and then, then you have to run to the post office every day and say, like, the whole thing got so dumb. Uh, it's like, look, I don't want to be a mail order business. I mean, no. I, want to, I want to develop passive income, but 
I want to do what I like to do, which is teaching workshops, doing the podcast, doing yeah. training people, doing the fun stuff. Exactly. You know, I, my website took a year, and that, not even exaggerating, it took a year to finish and to do all that. And it, is, it was so, you know, it's just a lot of, it was very labor intensive. Because this is the second, the first one of this version I had, but my website was in Flash. Oh, and then okay, I, had yeah. a, I, had, I had to rip apart the entire website and build one that was HTML because, right. you know, Flash isn't supported by Mac. Yeah, right. Nobody, nobody that, could open yeah. up my website on <laughs> any of their mobile devices. So I had to right. spend another frigging, you know, I don't know, oh, gosh, just, you know, it was a big investment, a big investment. But she's great. Now, my web girl is incredible. She's just with retiring from it. She doesn't want to do it anymore. But, like, when, you know, I – it was my fifth web no, my sixth, my sixth my sixth website. So, you know, I mean, you, you also I think with the, with your website or like your you know, your colors or what you're choosing have to like you said, reflect you and reflect exactly. you know, what you how you want people to perceive you. You know, I right. mean if you're if the opening page of your website is, you know, you in a wet T shirt <laughs> uh, you know, and you want to be a trainer, it's like, yes, there's, you know, there's definitely a level of sexiness that you can have, but it's, uh, that's always been like a thing with me is like, you know, I, these photos that are on my site now are probably like the sexiest quote, sexy, whatever, you know, that, that I've ever, I, I'm so shied away from that for so long. And then I was kind of like, you know what, F, who cares? I'm 40. I look freaking great. I don't care. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And there you I, go. I've worked hard enough in this business that I think people know that I'm not some hussy and, no, that's, you know, I, think, I, I think it could be exactly. done well in a classy way, which you exactly. do. I think, I think the mistake some people make is some women overly sexualize stuff too much. And yes. then they wonder why they're not being treated as a professional. Like, I mean, I, yes. I, have, I have friends who want to get in the fitness industry and, you know, every day it's, let me post provocative photos on Facebook. Yes. Here's, a yes. picture of my that, ass. Yeah. Here's a picture of my ass in the mirror. Here's a picture of my, like a close-up shot of my Hooters, and then it's like, yeah. why? Why doesn't anyone take my nutrition post seriously or my workout? It's like, well, it's like, wait, can, it's, I just give, can I just give a tip? I just, want want over, short, I, I just want to give an overall tip to every single <laughs> trainer out there: do not take selfies of you in your bathroom. Okay, if I can see the toilet behind you, or I can see the towel holder hanging behind you. I think you are low rent, and I am grossed out. Well, so the, and, or don't do it in your don't, don't do it, it in your bedroom. Don't do it in your bedroom, and your bed's not made. I mean, you have clothes, and you yeah. have your underwear. You have your panties all over the floor. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and don't post it on Instagram because trust me, you can try to delete it, but once it goes out there, it's out there. There is no delete yeah. just, in this just cyber be aware. World. Yeah, just be aware. I mean, you know, it's funny because I feel like a complete a hole when I post any photos of myself because it's so against my nature to. I'm, you know, I mean, believe it or not, more shy about, like, talking about my, myself when it's not about training or, like, posting photos of me. But I know that part of it is, like, I have to. But so it's like, you know, like you're saying, you have to pick and choose that you're not – just if it's overly sexualized all the time, then you do lose a little bit. Well, I mean, of, I, I mean, actually, know. for example, your website, you're in a fitness outfit, right? Which is which yeah. you would see yeah. someone who's a fit lady working out in. So that's not no one's going to come on your page and be like, "Whoa, what this is? What is she wearing?" That's a lot different than let's say if you Lace had booty short. No, no, Lace let's booty. say let's say you had a, a super a skirt shirt, as I like to call it, like some of the girls wear in Vegas, where 
It's basically just a, a shirt. Skirt where, shirt. Where they, they have to shave before they go out. And I don't mean your legs. That kind of describes what? a skirt shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that like, yeah, <laughs> you have a skirt shirt on, high heels, and then you're oh, holding God. a dumbbell. Okay, see, that's an example no. of not the most professional shot in the world. Yeah. Say, I mean, it may yeah. look nice, but you're not going to be taken seriously as a professional. Just like I'm a guy. Mis- I mean, if a guy has a speedo one and a body shave. Oh, first of all, he should be uh, committed to some type of like yeah. institution. You can to attract certain demographics such as Castro Street in San Francisco, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with there's right. nothing wrong with that if that's your focus. But hey, it's like you said, you have to realize what you're going yeah. after. I mean, sincere learned this the hard way. He had a, a speedo photo shoot when he first got in the business. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. You know what? You, you you never know because there are I know you have to ask in LA. Like, really? There's a lot of there's a lot a lot of that. But I mean I think that it's important that people see that you're fit. I mean if you're always covered and you have nothing, I think it's important that people know that you're you know, that you practice what you're it's preaching tough, yeah. that you are fit, but there's a there's a difference between, you know, being fit and that and then just you know, it just again, you just have to kind of look at the bigger well, picture. I think I think the mistake would be is if let's say someone came to your website and all it is is photos of you in different outfits. And there's yeah. no content whatsoever. See, then, yeah. it, then it's problematic. Then it's like, okay, here's a lady. So what? What, what, what am right. I going to get out of this? What kind of information does she have? Unless you're a model or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get it for models, but not for a fitness cool. professional. For someone right. who's actually trying to attract clients, et cetera. So I think it's a fine line. I mean, we had this discussion a while back where, you know, like Sincere and I like to post our training journals from time to time and so forth. Yep. And then every once in a while I'll be thinking in my head is, I was like, oh, does this look like I'm trying to show off or get a bunch of likes or get people to see how great I am every time I post this? Or to, so you kind of have these little internal dialogues in your mind. It's like you don't yeah, want to you, know, you don't want to become up narcissistic, but at the same right. time, like you said, I want people. To, the reason why I do all this stuff is I want people to know that one, I actually work out because a lot of right. trainers don't, <laughs> right. and I'm actually progressing every year. I practice what I preach, and that the right. programs I design for others. They're, they're personalized, but there's going to be similar components to what I do. The philosophy is going to shine through. Exactly. Right, and I, I do agree. I mean, you know, there's, like you said, I think it's just common sense and getting a feel for, you know, like what you're putting out there and, like, you know, what, you know, what the feedback is. I really don't, I mean, I really don't get inappropriate, um, I don't get a, like, I hardly ever get, like, you know, tweets or like, you know, I, I, there's, there's a, a good, which is good, a good deal of respect that's out there, you right. know, and again, I feel like, you know, it's a catch-22 with, you know, you, you, you need to have some kind of sex appeal, but you need to be professional, you need to be fit, but you can't be, you know, I mean, it's just, it's like, you just have to kind of find that fine line and, and what you're comfortable in, you know, what you feel comfortable in. Right. I think that's also, you know, that's also important and. But you guys, I would love to talk for five more hours, so I actually have to be back at the gym at three o'clock. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I was gonna say I was I was gonna say that we should probably cut up a little earlier. I know you're really busy, but thanks so much for staying on oh, so long. Thank you yeah, so awesome. such such you a good time are, having you on. You guys are awesome. I love talking to you anytime. I'm happy to come back. Well, thanks Thank a lot. So Real much. pleasure, everybody. Make sure you check out Ashley's website at ashleyborden.com. And she has a ton of great content on there. Spend some time looking at her video library. Check out what she's doing. And, Ashley, is there a particular gym people can contact you at if they're in L.A. and they want to get some private sessions with you? Are you taking new clients now? They can, they can contact me through my website, through Ashley okay. Borden at AshleyBorden.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you. Guys. Awesome. Great you guys. Enjoy your day. Right, Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.
Awesome. And man. that yeah, that again <laughs> was Ashley Borden, nice lady, excellent trainer. Mm-hmm. I really liked hearing about her story and how she started off and some of the insecurities she overcame as she went on to become very successful. But she she has a very good website. When I it's rare that I find a lot of websites that I recommend to people. Usually I'm just sending them my website to take a look at. <laughs> and I'll send I'll right. send them your sincere's and a few other and people that person, do a yeah. good job. Yeah, that I means just updated content, good information. And very rarely do you find a website which has a very professional look and then actually has good content too. So when I first saw Ashley's website, I was like, okay, here we go. It's going to be her and a bunch of magazines and a bunch of celebrity testimonials and so forth. And yes, that's on there, but it's also a ton of content. So it's a nice balance. So I definitely, definitely, and she's got me, she got me to look at things in a new way too. I, I, foam roller is always something I've kind of messed around with, but never really taken that seriously. But after hearing yeah. her talk today and watching some of her clips, I'm, I'm going to add that in a lot more. I'm going to start playing around with that quite a bit yeah, more. She, she just solidified, you know, so it was already kind of like, I mean, I've, I've always rolled out, but not like, you know, really, really focused like a good amount of time doing it. You know, I might do it 10, 15 minutes before certain workouts where I know I'm going to need to be loose. You know, if it's going to be a hardcore deadlift day, I want to make sure my hips and everything is feeling good and ready to go. And but I the actually the first person that really really drove it home for me was actually um, our friend Chris Reed. So to see someone like Chris, you know Chris, um, I don't even know how much Chris is weighing now because he's he's like slimming down. But yeah, we'll we'll see, definitely get him on the show too. Yeah, as well, he's a great guy. Yeah, when you see a guy of Chris's size, and I'm not saying he's fat or anything, Chris is a big muscular. He's a big. Hefty dude. dude. Yeah, it's like, you know, he's, he's what we call in Texas corn-fed. Okay? So, <laughs> right. you know, red beans and rice. So when you see someone like Chris to be, he's so limber and supple and, and I mean, this dude is just like, and, but he stresses. I mean, one of the workshops we did together, he really stressed just, you know, the myofascial release, just really using the foam roll, using the, um, the lacrosse balls and taking like two tennis balls, taping them together, which pretty much is like, it looks like a peanut when you're done. But using right. all those things to really like give you that myofascial release in order to help increase and improve your training and your, your recovery. You know, just to see, and he was a walking example of it. He wasn't just talking the talk, he just tell you to do something. I've, I've witnessed firsthand what it's done for him. And then along comes Ashley. So I get the flip side of that as well because Ashley's over in our department. It's that 40 plus club now, you know, where it's even right. more, it's even more important. So I'm seeing two different people who I, who I respect, you know, really driving home. Like, yeah, it, it actually, she made me decide I'm going to have to change my phone roller because the one I have, I don't think is, is doing the job for me, you know? So she made me look at a certain phone roller a lot differently. I'm like, okay, I need that one. I really think, cause I've actually played around with that one. Actually, when you and I did the workshop back in January, um, one of the attendees brought their own phone roller. Which to me, whenever I see, whenever I do a workshop and I see some bringing their own, someone brings their foam roller, I take that person seriously. Okay, yeah, no that, doubt. I mean, and they're rolling out before the workshop, and but and they're usually the ones who can go two days of a workshop and they're still smiling, joking, and everybody else is looking beat up, and you're kind of looking toward midway of the second day, you're like, yeah, they're wearing down now. But there's that one person, and then we know why because look, they're taking care of themselves. They've done the work before the workshop, during the workshop, and after the workshop. So during breaks. They're not just going and just standing around talking. They're rolling out again. Some people say it's right. obsessive. I'm saying it's fr- freaking smart, you know? Yeah. Just my opinion. <laughs> no, no, I really like what Ashley said about when she was talking about success, how that's it's going to be different for each person. But if you love what you do and you're making a living doing it, you know, that's a level of success. And, and I definitely yeah. agree with that because I know trainers and people in our industry who make a lot of money, but they hate the job. 
Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm not, not going to name these people just because that's kind of tacky. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind having them on the show, but I doubt I could get them to talk about the fact that they hate what they do because that probably wouldn't help their business that much. But, yeah, but, but anyway, but I, I've, I've heard people tell me that, yeah. like, all these fucking customers with their stupid questions about the supplements <laughs> they're buying from us, just buy it, people, okay? We don't have time to answer your questions like that kind of attitude. I'm like, are you just the biggest idiot in the world? I was like, you should be – I mean, someone buys something from you, you better treat that person like gold. Yeah, because and they can buy mean, from someone else. You don't you know, have to invite them over. You don't, yeah, you don't have to invite them over to your house for dinner, but give yeah. them some respect. Okay, so like, yeah, yeah. I, I have people who buy products from me where they're asking questions where it's answered on my website. And you will say all the information is on my website. I've right, seen you I do mean, that. Re- the, but, but there's a tone you can use such exactly. as – such as, oh, hey, thanks a lot for buying the product. Just go check out this area that answers that question. Or you just answer it real quick as opposed to responding and saying, that information is oh. already on the page where you ordered, idiot. You know, why are you wasting my time? It's like, look, man, I mean, we're all busy. I'm busy. They're busy too. Now, not yeah. everyone is going to notice all that stuff. So it's, it's not the biggest deal in the world for me to have to take a few seconds out of my day and direct someone somewhere to make right. sure that they get a good experience with a product for me. And like Ashley said, when someone emails you about something, whether it's the media or someone else, if you're responsive, you're gonna you're gonna have, you're gonna have much better client retention yeah. than someone who takes forever to get back on anything. So if someone buys a supplement from me and they go, "What should I do with this?" They're not gonna have to wait a week for me to respond. They're gonna get a right. response either that day or probably within minutes or an hour, depending on what I'm doing. But they're gonna get a response in a timely manner, so they're not yeah. left out there in the dark. Exactly. So I mean, I, I think I think it's a bad sign when you're always irritated like you're doing your business oh, and you're always irritated like oh this customer's pissing me off or i'm sick of all these people doing this if it's they're like, getting on your nerves you're in the wrong industry obviously like you're, you, doing, yeah, you're doing you something that's not a, a good fit for you you're either not attracting the right customers that are a fit for you or you're not leveraging technology that would take a lot of that nuisance away from you or you're just someone that is has gotten comfortable maybe you liked the business when you first got in and then over time you've reached a fed up point but you're too lazy to jump into something else. You're like, well, I worked hard to build this, and even though I hate it, I'm just going to ride it out because I don't want to have to start over again or learn something else or find a way to keep it interesting, you know, whatever the answers are. You've gotten lazy. Like, you know, anytime someone's unsuccessful, there's an underlying tone of laziness. That's yeah. one of the major reasons why. Exactly. But, you know, man, there's, there's a hint. It's time to move on because you're, yeah. you're, not doing, you're not doing anyone any favors by hanging around. Right. Not, not the potential customers and not, definitely not yourself. And you know, it's funny that you brought up, you know, the people in our industry who just hate it. And you don't have to name names because I can see it on their faces. Yeah, I just, exactly. I, 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 know. I know right I, on the top of my head, as soon as you said that, I know at least four or five that just popped up <laughs> when you said that because yeah. I can see how sour face, they gas face, and every time you see yeah, them, sour or, or, they'll post, yeah, or they'll post up on Facebook that just gives it away. They're pissed off at everybody. They're bitching about everything. And it's like, dude, you're making this very obvious. And it's not helping you by posting this stuff because people right, like Every that. day it's like, oh, here's what else. Like, here's also another thing I hate about the industry. This is what gets on my nerves. You know like, what bothers me this? Like, you know what bothers me Shut the fuck up, please. So one, time I, one time I made a joke about stuff like that, and yeah. a couple of people thought I was being serious. They're like, oh, you know, I'm really surprised that someone who is, who is so spiritual and successful oh, complaining geez. about anything. I was like, I was being – Really? Okay. <laughs> and it, and, and, I'm, and it, it doesn't mean that you, nev- you don't have a right to complain ever. There's always going to be frustrations in anything you do. But, I mean, I'm not going to get up on Facebook and, and talk about every single frustration I deal with in my day because, one, who cares? Two, right. 
I'd rather just solve the problem than go talk about it. You know, I'm not a woman who wants to talk about a problem without hearing a solution. Okay, I don't care what that stupid book said. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Okay, <laughs> I was like, you come to me with a problem and you don't want to hear a solution, don't come to me with a problem. Okay, because I'm not going to sit there and just listen to it to be a good listener. I don't and do that. Trust me. And when he We're says woman, and when and Mike says woman, that pertains to men too who do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so don't yeah, feel like you're really, like, yeah, really, Mike, yeah, Mike, tell him. No, it really goes. And yeah, exactly. A lot of <laughs> it's, it's like a lot of guys are falling into that category too. I only yeah. say woman because I'm making fun of that fun of that book. Men are from Mars, yeah. women are from Venus, because that was one of the staples it had in there. Is like don't solve her problems, guys. She just wants to talk. She just wants you to know that she's listening. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know, back in prehistoric days, women had other women for that, while the men yeah. were out there taking care of business. You know? <laughs> so I think I think that's a good model to follow right there. How about know. that? <laughs> but anyway, on that note, uh, what do you have going on, man? What do you have? Anything coming up? Let's see. Um, coming up um, in October. Make sure I get the date right here. October, the weekend of October 11th, 12th, and 13th. Um, our gym is going to be hosting the IKFF CKT 1 and 2. Uh, it'll be Ken Blackburn and myself assisting, and that's going down, like I said, for three days. Here in Houston, uh, you can go to the IKFF's website, ikff.net, and get more information on that. Always a good time when Ken's, you know, in town, and we have a lot Great. of fun. So it's, it's, a, it's a fun certification, but you will walk away with so much knowledge. So, man, another thing, it's not a beatdown. It's not a glorified boot camp like you might find in some certifications where if they beat you down, then, yeah, you pass. You know, if you puke, you pass. <laughs> you know, we know it's not one of those situations, but it's a lot, a lot of knowledge, a lot of fun. Um, so that's the immediate thing that's coming up for now. And as all, and also, going back to my site, um, I mentioned this last week, anyone that goes on my site, um, newwarriortraining.com, and purchase the digital download of my bodyweight training DVD. Just type in the discount code LLA, and that will take off 30% right there. So that's still going on for about, uh, probably about another week or two. So, yeah, cool. just type that in. So that's what I have going on. What about you, man? Uh, things are good, man. And, and to keep things simple, just use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my supplements. That's my testosterone booster, my recovery oil, and Exelzyme, a systemic enzyme product. I got a few things going on that are doing well. I mean, I've got some workshops coming up. I'm going to be in Holland in August. I've got a few spots left for that, so definitely check that out. It's going to be the only course I'm doing out there this year. Maybe the only course I do out there, period, because I'm dialing back workshops quite a bit going into 2014. And then I've got New York City in September. I've got a big course in October with Dan John and Sabina Scala in, in the U.K. It's going to be an awesome two-day course. And then I'm wrapping up the year in November in Vancouver. And this is going to be the only course I'm doing in Canada, folks. So don't ask me when I'm coming to Toronto or where I'm coming to some other part. This is it. Going into 2014, I'm planning on dialing back workshops quite a bit where I'll do a few events overseas. And then what I would like to start doing is hosting big events here in Vegas. So that's right. something that you and I definitely have talked about and something we'll collaborate on. And maybe it'll be something that's themed around the show. Yeah. So, for example, we could have people that were some of our guests, such as Ashley and Nate Morrison and Ken. And we could, have a, we could just have a show where we cover a variety of things because as Ashley was talking about some of her stuff for myofascial and improving posture and things like that, I mean, that's mm -hmm. just the perfect content for a course. Definitely. So anyway, it's just one of those things that – 
Vegas is a great place. We made fun of Vegas quite a bit today on the show, <laughs> and for good reason. Yeah. But Vegas is a good hub for putting on big events because it's not expensive to come here. It's not expensive to stay here, and it's, it's a place people like to come to. Exactly. So it's, it's something going into next year I'd like to definitely brainstorm some ideas and start putting on some bigger events. So those of you that are listening, if you have some ideas you want to send us, just kind of speakers you would like to see, themes, feel free to shoot it our way. You, know, you never know. Yeah. And oh, yeah. uh, we're always happy to hear feedback because that's how we stay on top of this business. We, we want to have a pulse on what people are actually doing. But that's exactly. about it for me. So, I mean, for, for more information on my products and services, go to MikeMahler.com, M-I-K-E-M-A-H-L-E-R.com. Definitely make sure to check out our guest's website, Ashley Borden, A-S-H-L-E-Y-B-O-R-D-E-N, Ashley mm-hmm. Borden, great website. And definitely check out Sincere's website, newwarriortraining.com. He's always uploading good content. He's always putting our shows on there. So check it out. Yeah, and last but not least, social media-wise, people, hit us up on the fan page, LLA, excuse me, LLA Podcast on Facebook, or hit us up on Twitter, at Mike Mahler or at Sincere Hogan. Use the hashtag LLA Podcast, and that'll help us really see your, you know, your comments and everything really a lot faster by doing it that way. So cool. Another great week, man. Um, hey, man, two months into this thing. I love it. Eight I'm weeks. loving it, man. Every, every, week, yeah, every week is more fun. <laughs> it, it was cool to have Ashley on because I, I liked her website and the way she carries herself on Twitter, but you never really yeah. know what someone's going to be like on the show. But yeah. she, was, she was a lot of fun, man. Cool lady. So I, I'm looking forward to just having more great guests. We've got some more female fitness experts that are going to be coming on the show soon, too. Oh, yeah. We actually have Monica Brandt coming on next week. Yeah, Another next cool week, day. man. That's going to be awesome. And we have many more that are interested in coming on the show. So we're getting into a nice role with this thing and loving the feedback from everybody. Feel free to keep it coming. And I'm glad people are enjoying it. You know what I mean? That, that, makes, that yeah. means a lot. It's fun stuff to do. Hey, we welcome any comments, anything good or perceived as bad. Hey, <laughs> I don't think it's bad. You know, if it's, you know, when it's done with respect, I don't see it as bad. It's, it's criticism, and, you know, we could use that too. So, yeah. hey, shoot it our way. I mean, even in the very beginning, you know, just even with the sound quality in the very beginning, you know, we didn't take offense to that, but you know, we definitely already had, you know, an idea like, yeah, we got to fix that, dude. And we got it done. So, right. yeah, we welcome all feedback and, you know, how to hit us up. So, cool. So, until next week, folks, keep tuning in. Keep those downloads coming. Tell your friends about us. And keep the feedback coming on the Facebook page and on Twitter. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Have a great one, people. Take care. Bye.